0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 224 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you?
1: I'm doing fine, Joe. I'm just making sure that my phone is muted. Uh, I'm getting a lot of uh, mentions from angry people. I, apparently, I'm, like, stirring pots left and right. I don't know why. Hmm.
0: Yeah, maybe more on that later. <laughs> um, so I will say this. Uh, good episode of Sports Talk this week. Oh, hi, Thanks. Uh, Again, even though you and Marcus and Brett could have been speaking Greek, Spanish, and Swahili uh, together in how much comprehension I got, but I was following along as long as you stuck to, like, this team is playing this team, but when you're getting into, like, people's names and stuff, I'm like, (laughs) I don't know any of these people, you know what I mean? I think, did one of you, oh, I think one of you might have mentioned, no, no, this was somebody else where they mentioned uh, Joe Montana, it was on the, it was the Rob's podcast, you know, the Rob's podcast, but Uh <laughs> where he was talking about, like, um, Steve Young and Joe Montana, you know? Yeah, those, well,
1: the Rob is a man who's stuck in the 90s, so that makes sense that he would be bringing those guys up, you know? know, but, uh, but yeah, no, I had a blast with Sports Talk, Um Myself and Marcus did it with baseball at the end of the last season, and we had talked privately about doing like a football playoff one. And, uh, we both thought at the last minute, hey, let's bring Brett on because, you know, Brett's got a team that, uh, people say is good i believe them but uh you know, so brought him on and it was a good time so brett wanted to talk basketball but then I, I would have had to have been brian myers when they talk about star wars i would have just been like da, na, 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 na.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when i logged on tuesday night to uh do long box heroes i saw your your on notification was there right Mm. And I'm like, oh, did Adam, like, forget to log out from a week ago? What's going <laughs> on? And then I saw, like, other names that I recognized that their little green light was on too. And I'm like, oh, okay, Adam's up to something.
1: Adam's uh, going into business for himself, building right. a brand behind your back.
0: <laughs> and, again, you you lucked out because, like, I was – we were done with Longbox Heroes early. Show's done. Show's posted. Everything's edited. All the things are scheduled. And I'm like, shit, I'm going to bed. <laughs> so I get up and I'm brushing my teeth and usually like when the like when I'm recording the podcast, um you know the phone is on silent so not even vibrate you know mm-hmm. and lately I've been making more of a concerted effort like okay I'm done with the podcast let me turn the phone back on just in case if I never turn my phone back on sports talk wasn't going up until like Wednesday morning you know
1: yeah and as long as it was up before the games kick off on Saturday it would have been fine gotcha you know? but uh I figured I was going to say, you didn't have to edit it, though. The dog took care of that, so.
0: Well, I was going to say, dog did a good job at editing, so I know who I could rely on there. Uh, (laughs) You did a good job hosting the show, so I know who could lead here, if I ever need to. You know, I could lean on you and just say, yeah, you got this one this week, you know?
1: The next time you're sick in like a week or so, and your voice is gone, you know? (laughs) Remember
0: Jonas? Remember Jonah? (laughs) Vaguely, yeah. All right. (laughs) But uh, it's on it's on the uh, After Dark, and it's on the uh, At Odds feed, so if you want, like, some real deep, thorough football discussion uh, with the playoffs coming up, definitely check that one out, you know?
1: Yeah, thank you. And we did some scooping and booping, too, but I'm sure we'll talk well, about some of that
0: yeah. here. yeah. Well, again... The scoop got booped about six times between Tuesday and, like, I'm sure as we're recording now, like, my phone is off, so if anything happens in the next three to six hours that it takes us to record this show, (laughs) it's going to have to be dealt with next week, you know? Yeah, the next
1: episode of Sports Talk will be us issuing apologies for getting things wrong.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Well, not so much getting things wrong, but kind of jumping the gun a little bit, but. Yeah, we should have just did the whole, oh,
1: if this is true, this is big. You know? right,
0: if true, big, you know, yeah. the the verbal version of the eyes emoji. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into our show, huh? Yeah.
2: And now, at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history.
0: So, this day in wrestling history, we're going to do things in a little bit out of order, right? All right. Um, so, today, this day in wrestling history, 25 years ago, Raw, Nitro, head-to-head. Um, Nitro is continuing their new talent initiative, fresh <laughs> off the heels of the debut of Thunder. <laughs> um, we have such new faces in uh, World Championship Wrestling as... Jim the Anvil, Nightheart, oh. Marty Janetti, oh, the Black Cat, <laughs> and Nitro Girl Whisper.
1: Oh, thank God, we got Whisper there. That's all that matters. <laughs>
0: um, also, the continuation of the Jericho heel turn is going on. I watched that.
1: I, I saw the video clip, and I also saw it was it Hoovy's little mishap get into yes. the
0: ring. <laughs> uh, so this is this is the beginning of like because Jericho for the last several weeks. You know, pre-the heel turn, and now the heel turn has happened. He had been fighting, like, uh, like you know, heavyweight guys, right? This <laughs> is the beginning of Jericho officially being heel and officially becoming, like, the cruiserweight guy, right? Yeah. And, like, this, like, as good as Jericho is, man, like, this is, like, he blew up in, like, record time with this, right?
1: Yeah, this is, like... I appreciated him in ECW and I appreciated his early WCW stuff, but I went from not being a huge fan at all to being like obsessed with his yep. cruiserweight run.
0: And you know, we're going to like, I don't want to get too far ahead of it, you know? Yeah. Only because we're going to be watching it every week over like the next, like however many months of it going on, you know?
1: Mm.
0: Um, so I'm excited to kind of relive some of that stuff.
1: You know yeah I make it a point when I see certain things on like the this day in history like Twitter feeds that yeah. I't like, watch, and I've been watching all the Jericho stuff, yeah, and the introduction of whisper I watch that, of course, of
0: course. <laughs> Uh, Not to be outdone over on uh, Monday Night Raw from State College, and this is one of those things I always like to put an asterisk on one of these things. I wish I knew, like, I I was still really bad at geography, and in my mind, State College was, like, closer to Pittsburgh than it is to us.
1: Dude, when I went to that Penn State game over the, like, uh, the fall... Like yeah. my buddy asked me to go and I'm like what is that like 6 hours away, 7 hours away? <laughs> right. I thought it was in Pittsburgh like out
0: there as well. He's like yeah. no, it's like an hour away. <laughs> right. If only I knew then what I knew now, I would have probably been going to these state college raws cuz like they, they would go there all the time and they would always do like cool shit at them, you know? Yeah, especially around this time. Yeah, so New Talent Initiative over on Raw, we do have the debut in the World Wrestling Entertainment of the newly crowned uh nwa tag team champions the rock and roll express
1: and somehow they looked old as shit like 25 years ago as well
0: right and somehow they're still as old they're like they're equally as old as shit 25 like they hit that wall where from like 1986 to today they just looked like shit
1: yeah and my favorite thing is i watched that today as well like they're being introduced as these legends of wrestling yeah and i'm like okay they're with Cornette, so maybe they're heels. But the Rock and Roll Express are, are have always been babyface, at least to my knowledge, which is very limited. And within seconds of the match, they're doing that chicken shit heel thing where they like one of them goes and hugs the other one in fear in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> great stuff. No wonder why it died a slow or a quick death.
0: Well, it lasts about <laughs> three months, maybe. Um... But this, like, it was supposed to be, like, playing up the NWA stuff, like, oh my god, hated rival of the Rock and Roll Express, Jim Cornette is managing the Rock and Roll Express, you know, uh, Robert Gibson had been heel before, but never Ricky and Robert together as a team were heel, let alone the WWE, oh my god, it was supposed to, like, blow the minds of, like, the old school NWA people, who absolutely were not watching Attitude Era WWE?
1: Yeah, I think those fans, like, would you say those fans were over in WCW or just left?
0: Um, They had not left yet. They were still hanging on by a thread to WCW.
1: All right.
0: Um. So we also get the Mark Henry heel turn, his first of many.
1: Okay, I think I saw pictures of that. Right. right, so
0: I this this it. is one of those infamous deals where Ken Shamrock is feuding with the Nation of Domination. And it's a tag team match. And uh, The Rock cuts a promo and he's like, Shamrock, you got no friends, blah, blah, blah. And Mark Henry comes out and he's got like a Rocky Sucks shirt on. Mm-hmm. And uh, The and the Rock, you know, The Rock cuts a promo on him and is like, oh, you better take that shirt off. And Mark Henry's selling it like he's not gonna. And Then The Rock says, I guarantee by the end of this match, I'm gonna take that shirt off you, you know? Okay. So uh, Ken Shamrock's running wild in the match. He goes to put Rocky in the ankle lock. Mark Henry turns on him. They lay out Ken Shamrock, and then The Rock takes the shirt off Mark Henry, and he has a Nation of Domination shirt on underneath.
1: Okay. And, like, Mark Henry was rather svelte at this time, too, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, like, he was still big, but he wasn't, like, you know. And Mark Henry's someone who, like, notoriously... As we get into, like, 99, 2000, 2001, his weight would go up and down very frequently. Like, he would get, like, over 400 pounds, and they'd send him to OVW to lose weight. And he would go down there and lose weight, and then they're like, oh, we want you to go compete in, like, some powerlifting thing. We need you to gain all that weight back. Yeah. Then he would go and gain all that weight back, and they're like, okay, now go lose that weight again (laughs) so we can put you on TV, you know?
1: Yeah, that's real healthy, I hear.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, but also there's the go-home show for Royal Rumble. Um, Kane and Undertaker are on the same page as Raw goes off the air. Uh, Kane helps Undertaker run off DX as the show closes. Okay. Um, Now, I knew, even at the time, I'm like, well, this is just gonna be a swerve. You know, Kane is gonna just turn on Undertaker at the pay-per-view. You know, it's very clear. But, like, they were selling this, like, this is the biggest thing, and Paul Bear comes out, and he's all disheveled, and he looks a mess, and he can't believe that Kane betrayed him after everything that Kane did for him, and so on and so forth. But this is, like, the beginning of just, like, swerve upon swerve upon swerve during the course of a Monday Night Raw episode, right?
1: Yeah. They weren't on the same page until it was, like, Biker Taker, was it?
0: Officially as a team. No, no, no. Okay, so later this year... Like this, leading into the summer, when um, okay, so it's after Hell in the Cell, and again, we're getting ahead of ourselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Kane and Undertaker are a team doing the bidding of uh, Mr. McMahon, and there's the pay per view where they both it's a, it's a two on one handicap match, it's the two of them against uh, Stone Cold. And they do the double choke slam on Stone Cold, and they both quote unquote pin him at the same time. So Stone Cold is fired, and both um, Undertaker and Kane are the champion, and that's what holds the title. That might be the, You know what? That's actually probably like the September October in your house, and that's what leads to the Deadly Game tournament at Survivor Series to crown the new champion. So like Kane and Undertaker are a team functioning together by like September.
1: Okay, but they're not like a team team. They're, they're begrudging part. No,
0: they're a team team working together.
1: Oh, okay, that's a quick turnaround.
0: It certainly is. <laughs> and
1: after Kane killed like uh, Undertaker's parent, well, their parents or their father or mother, or whatever, I forget. It's all very confusing. I just it, remember somebody being choke slammed into a coffin.
0: <laughs> that's coming up on one of our Raws coming up in the next couple of weeks. Right? Oh, I look forward to
1: actually seeing that again.
0: Uh, but lastly. Uh Vince McMahon tells us that negotiations have been reached. Mike Tyson will be at the Royal Rumble this Sunday, and he hopes to have a chance to talk with Mike to get Mike to appear on Raw the next night. Oh, well, thank God.
1: You know, Vince is a great negotiator. I think any company that needs, like, some kind of big deal made should bring him in to negotiate it.
0: Yes. <laughs> Um but so that's everything head to head Monday Night Raw versus Nitro from 25 years ago but something even bigger happened on this day in wrestling history Adam Oh yeah on this day wrestling history we're all old, 31 years ago, and I'll let the uh, footage speak for itself. Have the tag team known as the Rockers been having their problems? Unquestionably,
4: they have, but how deep those problems are, we really didn't know till last week's Barbershop. Let's take you back to footage. Shawn Michaels back apparently back doesn't back have any problem now. at all. Unquestionably. And if you want to go on your own, then walk off and leave. If you want to stick together and make this thing work... When I turn around, we're going to shake hands, and we're going to go on a rock and roll like the rockers can do. They need each other. You
0: know that. That's fair to me. Morty looks great in his mom jeans. <laughs> Sean already with a bad guy with like a jacket on. They need each other.
3: <laughs>
5: Cool that's uh, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen,
4: the Rocket! Well, told that. you. i that. Told you. That special. Get back in position. <laughs> See, one without the other isn't any good. <laughs> oh, I knew he was going to do that. I just knew he was going to do that. He do not need Janetty. I told you that off and on. Are you kidding?
1: If Jannetti wasn't an alleged murderer, like how great would a place? Um, like it doesn't even have to have beefcake, but you kinda need it, you know? Marty, Sean, Sean in that jacket, and Brutus beefcake and a barber shop and it like with a breakable window. Yeah. God, I'd give I would spend so much money on this. But so I was in the thick of my WWE WWF watching and as a I it was this ninety-two, so I was twelve. I was a huge Rockers mark. So I was getting the magazine and I had that thing that he tore up where it was like, are the Rockers, you know, breaking up? And I was like, no, don't break up Rockers. I love the Rockers. And I'm sitting watching Wrestling Challenge and I'm playing with my Hasbros when this happens. <laughs> and there was a moment of being stunned. And then like a light switch went off, Joe. I was all in on Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I swear to God, that was the day. Where I was like, yes, I am all in on Shawn Michaels, and then like uh, when he was on television and he had the white trunks with the hearts on it. Yeah, I took my jumper Hasbro, I took white out. I oh. white, I white it <laughs> out, I white it out his green trunks, and then uh, so he had all white trunks on, it and I took a red marker and I drew all the hearts on it, and that's oh. the idiot top guy in my fig fed.
0: That's tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> but I,
1: I think Shawn Michaels might have been like my my first like heel turn that I witnessed and embraced. Yeah, that makes sense, you know. But so yeah,
0: I, I, I never liked the Rockers growing up as a kid because I hated all the baby faces and I liked all the good guys, for, or like I hated all the baby faces and I liked all the bad guys for the most part, right? Yeah. Everybody liked the Warrior, you know. Everybody liked Sting, that sort of thing, right? So Shawn turns, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool, right? Yeah. And he doesn't debut the like the look until the royal rumble a couple weeks later like a week like a week later right that's the first time they do a backstage interview with him and he just looks completely different which was the right thing to do give him a whole brand new look and the only two things that you know 31 years later retrospect we're gonna change some things about this turn okay okay marty should have been wearing a white shirt
1: you want him to get some collar?
0: Gets, again, if he's and like you know, Gorilla says he's busted open, but we don't really get a chance to see it. But like he gets thrown through the window. If he's wearing the white shirt and he comes up and that shirt's covered in blood, you know what I mean? Like that's gonna be like as and like you're taking a visual a moment from people's wrestling memory that's like a nine point seven five, mm-hmm. and you're putting it to a ten plus with that bloody white shirt. You know? Yeah, I mean, I obviously I agree with
1: you that it would be even more of a spectacle, but. Yeah. You're talking 1992, a show that was, like, airing on Saturday mornings to, like, a bunch of kids.
0: Okay, okay, so you say that. This is the same show that was airing Saturday mornings for kids just, like, a month earlier. A snake was gnawing on Macho Man's arm (laughs) when Jake the Snake pushed a woman down and threatened to beat her, right? Well, the, the, the woman beating thing, like,
1: I make no excuses for it, but that it was a different time.
0: <laughs> and then three months earlier, we get the bit where um, Undertaker and Jake lock warrior in a casket and a cobra bites warrior on the face.
6: Well, you know, who,
0: so, like, they were playing works. fast and loose, like, the previous six months with, like, let's see how far we can get away with, you know?
1: Yeah, those were working snakes. Those were fine.
0: <laughs> eh, but still, you know? No,
1: I, I agree. Like, if it could have happened and they wouldn't have been taken off the air, I absolutely would have loved it, you know?
0: Right. So here, the first thing that Sean does to Marty is he hits him with the super kick, right? hmm That should have been his finisher from the rip. Right? Yeah, because he did, like, a weird side suplex. He had the side suplex, sometimes called the teardrop suplex. He was doing a pile driver as his finisher for a couple months. And then he doesn't start using the super kick as his finisher until, like, November of 92. Right?
1: Yeah, because I had a Super Nintendo or a Genesis wrestling game, and it had the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, in it. And that was his finisher, and I was so
0: pissed. I couldn't
1: super kick anybody.
0: (laughs) But like I and again, you have that visual of him, and like you get over like how deadly that super kick is. He took Janetti out with one shot with it, and was able to compromise him through the window. You know, he does that in the ring, and like it's curtains for anyone. You know, instead mm-hmm. of giving him like these weird things to do instead of the super kick, right? Yeah. Um, but none of this would matter because you know the the wrestler of the '90s in the world wrestling entertainment ends up being Mr. Hitman anyway. So. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, I'll save my criticism of Mr. Hitman to, to show homework.
0: All right. Perfect. So let's get into like the last week. Where would you like to start, sir?
1: All right. So obviously we teased it a little bit at the beginning of the show. We have to start off with it. The thing that all of like wrestling Twitter and really just Twitter in general is talking about right now. And that is the fact that Sky Blue carried Hot Goldberg oh. to a pretty good match. <laughs> It was a pretty good match on Rampage. Like, I was surprised. Like, uh, there was a couple times in that match I thought with the interference or distraction of Red Velvet, Tony was going to do the right thing and strap up Sky Blue. Uh, And the fact that she was able to counter out of uh, uh, Jade's finisher that one time, obviously the second time it it hit. But, like, that was actually a good back-and-forth match that I wasn't... 100% 100% uh, convinced that Jade was going to win. Like, going into the match, I was like, okay, Jade's winning. But there was a point in that match where I was like, it could happen. But, again, credit the two of them for, uh, for having a solid match. And I do have a, an idea I want to run past you. This is the real reason why I bring this up. <laughs> uh, no, no, this isn't greasy. This is an actual, like, booking idea. So, Red Velvet, obviously... Uh, A bitter former baddie, right? She's not happy with uh, Hot Goldberg anymore. So let's say, because I thought that this might happen for a second, but it won't. But what do you think about this? So the match is happening. Sky Blue versus Jade. Red Velvet comes out. She's pissy. She goes to Sky Blue. Like, Sky Blue gets shit-canned out of the ring, goes to pick up Sky Blue, And then just in the full view of the ref, just clothesline sky blue and just walks away with a smile on her face. And the ref disqualifies Jade. Jade keeps the belt, but she loses the
0: streak. So I've thought about that quite a bit, that that definitely should have happened. Definitely now with like Red Velvet being like a former baddie who's looking to get revenge. But I think you want Jade's first loss to be some sort of big spectacle because so what you could even do is you could have that happen right Mm -hmm. and then marky comes back as the lawyer to get that match stricken from the record yeah and then that's somehow jade gets jade and marky get duped into doing a no disqualification match with red velvet right Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of different ways that you can go because like okay if you do that as the disqualification thing and that's how Jade gets her first loss. Like, okay, you're protecting Jade, but then what? Like, in my mind, you just need to have, like, what that next step is, because that's not the end of the angle. That's, like, the middle of the angle. Like, that's not how you resolve that angle. Oh, sure. It's not the it's not the blow-off, yeah. you know,
1: but it's, it's something where if you're saying, hey, we want to take the belt off of Jade, you know, next month, you can do that a couple weeks beforehand to just kind of, you know, ease the you know ease the way in you know uh but i like the idea of having marky you know contest it i think and right. then you can even take the loss away and uh you know, have commentary allude to the fact you know every time the record shows up up on the tron when it's like 49 and zero you know you could have shivani be like no it's actually supposed to be a one if it wasn't for mark sterling
0: you know i think that would be pretty pretty entertaining you, you do a little bit of a reference to like The Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire records now that the records happened, but they have an asterisk next next to them, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just Um, think it would would be something to make her interesting up until she loses the belt to, like, Sasha or something.
0: Okay, so um, I thought, based on the people who are involved, and Jade is Jade, right? We're not looking for Jade to have, you know, five-star classics and Sky Blue is relatively new. I did not expect the two of them to have that in them. I doff my John Cena cap to both of them. Everybody at ringside, whoever the agent was, like all the all the players in that match got that match to happen to look that good. And it was a really good match. Obviously, they're building toward that 50th match being against Red Velvet. They're attempting to build Red Velvet up as a credible contender, and she's going to beat Red Velvet. And Jade is absolutely getting to 50, right? Yeah. She's losing the belt on match fifty-one. There's no question about it, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I, like I said, I like your idea of like Red Velvet could have been the one to, you know, uh, just yeah. It's like yeah. you're not
1: you're not actually the one scoring the pinfall, but you will forever go down as the one who ended the streak. Yeah, directly. So yeah,
0: yeah. All right, cool. What do you got? Uh, well, um, you know, we're talking about Rampage. We're talking about Dynamite specifically, Rampage. And yet again, Aubrey Edwards sticks her nose in where it doesn't belong, oversteps the boundaries and limitations of the laws and jurisdictions that a referee should and could have, and for the second time in as many days, robs... And again, listen, it's a week of Double J being robbed. This was just the middle of the road of that happening. Um, However, that being said... Those two matches, we talked about the the the, the, uh, the Dynamite match last week, but that Rampage match was fucking awesome, man. And listen, I'm coming in with rose-colored glasses because I love Double J, and I don't like J-Lethal. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the Acclaimed are good, but they're still very young. And I think that's another one where you have Double J, and you have Sanjay, and you have Billy Gunn as kind of like the elder state- statesman of this match, kind of helping keep everything together. And, like, the worst part of the match was, like, Billy Gunn, like, kind of taking the stroke all fucked up.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, But I thought, like, these two matches that the Acclaimed had against Double J and his tag team partner have done, like, wonders to make the Acclaimed, like... Uh, and, I, I, like, I don't want to say, like, her learn-to-work kid, whatever, but, like, work a different style than they're probably used to, which I think is going to help them immensely when they're the ones like six months from now or a year from now, and they're wrestling a team like top flight or some other newbie team that comes up that they're like, Oh, we have this experience from wrestling, like a little bit slowed down of a match, a little bit differently structured match than a typical AEW move, 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 spot, spot, spot match. Um, but like the technical side, I think it's going to help them. The in-ring stuff I thought was fantastic. Um, I'm someone who said, like, oh, they'll get the Double J at the pay-per-view, him and Sting, and then Jeff will go off and do whatever he has to do behind the scenes. Um, but I really think Jeff has been uh, great on TV. Um, you know, the matches he's been doing, the promos he's been cutting, the heat that he gets, you know. Um, somebody else wearing a sweater or a scarf backstage should be taking copious notes when Double <laughs> J goes out and comes back through the uh, curtain. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, as soon as you started healing on Aubrey, I almost snorted water out of my nose. Good! (laughs) That was well done. Um, I watched this match, and I was relieved by the finish. uh, because, (laughs) Because every time you say... Oh, Jeff Jarrett's winning the tag titles on Friday. And I'll be yeah. like, oh, No, he's not. And you'd be like, oh, oh, just you wait. I always worry <laughs> that you I worry that you've been talking to somebody. <laughs> like somebody texted you and uh, and I so I go into these things worried and then I'm relieved when they when Jarrett does not win the belt. But I'm gonna grant you this. I don't want Jarrett to, to beat the acclaimed But let's just say, hypothetically, I was willing to grant you a a tag team title run with Jarrett, where he wins the belt. But obviously, you're going to want a better tag team partner. Who do you think the perfect fit if you were booking AEW for a Jeff Jarrett tag team championship run?
0: Eddie Kingston. (laughs)
1: Let's do one that
0: fits. (laughs) Somebody who's currently already on the roster. Yep. Let me think. Um, oh, you know what? So, this is. Uh, I, I wish I remember who tweeted this out um, that Action and Dreddy should turn heel and do- join up with Double J, and his name should be Total Nonstop Action and Dreddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. It would be Double J and TNAA. Right. TNAA. Excuse me.
1: That wins. all right fair enough you know what if that happens yeah you can beat the acclaimed uh this week i don't care Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm willing i'm willing to accept that because i love a good bet you know yeah Uh, all right so my other thing obviously is broski winning the pwi magazine indie wrestler of the year he needs to go after the jerry internet wrestling emporium belt no 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 uh i guess we'll talk about the non-sale And all the stuff that happened. uh, There's not a lot of details. But I could just kind of say. What we experienced. Which uh, an hour before. Sports talk went on the air. uh, Stephanie McMahon. Helmsy Levesque. Resigned from her position. Uh, And then. While we were on the air. News with a Z at the end. Broke that the Saudis. Bought the company. And then you know relatively soon afterwards people were like uh you learned this on reddit and it was just like some dude and it didn't actually happen so joe what what can you enlighten us on mr insider
0: well so mr insider i may have gotten a tip off on the stephanie letter maybe about five minutes before it got tweeted out okay
1: yeah you gotta put that you gotta get that that hotline up and running
0: i listen the hotline was up and running uh wednesday night and people were calling (laughs) Um, uh, it's not, that's not for air consumption, but, uh, you know, you know, you know, the email, you know, the direct messages I'll tell you what's up. Uh, it's too hot for the show. Um, but, um, so the Stephanie thing comes out that she, um, leaves and I'm like after, cause she gave like a whole thing on Friday after Vince did, um, the, like, so Friday morning after we recorded last week. We get the maneuvering where, like, Vince puts three of his own people on the board, and then three people leave the board, and then Stephanie gives, like, the like she addresses the shareholders, where she talks about, like, there's going to be a strange and different time, and so on and so forth, and then, like, five days later, she leaves, right? Yeah. So then, like, literally seconds later, you get all your journalists, all your news people tweeting eye emojis at each other that they all know some <laughs> bullshit, right? Which turns out not to be true. Like, it gets debunked, like, that afternoon on CNBC. Like, I don't know, like, the fact that CNBC is doing more due diligence in regards to the sale of the World Wrestling Entertainment than the people that's job is to cover the World Wrestling Entertainment should speak volumes about you people that pay your $7.99 a month or whatever a Fightful subscription is or whatever the fuck that is that these people don't even do their due diligence. They just throw shit against the wall and hope something sticks. Anywho, so (laughs) since then, we get confirmation. Then we get something that WWE has hired a bank to handle the sale to someone else. Then we get information that now um, another company is going to come in. Then just literally like hours before we started recording, there's rumors that the Khan family, not Nick Khan, Tony Khan, is going to throw their hat into the ring to try to buy the World Wrestling Entertainment, Right. Yeah, which
1: while I think would be funny and a big fu to like the the WWE stands, it would be so bad for wrestling.
0: I, I definitely think it's Tony being a silly boy doing a silly bid. <laughs> yeah, because um, like I listen, I could go and say I'm throwing in my hat to buy the World Wrestling Entertainment. Right?
1: But well, you do don't I, have billions of dollars.
0: Well, again, they don't know that, right? <laughs> True. Until it comes times like, all right, well, I bid eighty billion dollars. All right. <laughs> Goes to that man who says $80 billion. I go, well, I kind of lied. I don't really have $80 billion. And then I run away. And they're like, well, it goes to the <laughs> next person, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, It's going to be very interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Um, Stephanie being gone. Triple H is still there. Shawn Michaels is still there. Um, You know, allegedly Vince was not at Monday Night Raw this past week. Will he be at SmackDown this week? Um, Who is going to buy? And that's the thing. It's not like... The Saudis have bought it. It's going to be something that even with a bunch of Vince Yes Men, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's something that's going to take weeks, if not months, to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So... You know, we could all just sit here and speculate. It's just all we could. S- the only thing that we know for sure is it's a crazy time in the world wrestling entertainment. Now that Vince is firmly in control as executive chairman, vice president, whatever the hell his title is now. And the fact that he's like actually physically on the board. Oh, and then did you see the other thing? Ooh, ooh. Um <laughs> that one of the. And it's crazy that I have to go to this site to get my wrestling news, but it's on there, you know? Um, that one of the board members that got bumped out this past Friday. Um, they are filing a class action lawsuit on behalf of the shareholders, alleging that Vince, quote, breached his fiduciary duties as a controlling stockholder and his methods to regain power violated Delaware state law. I don't know what Delaware state laws to do with it, but the fact that there's now a class action lawsuit on behalf of the shareholders being filed against Vince, like how, how much more crazy is this going to get? And it's been two days.
1: (laughs) Well, they're probably incorporated out of Delaware for, like, tax reasons. Sure. You know, so that's, uh, that's where the, the they would bring suit to. But, uh, yeah, I, well, hopefully that board member wins. Look at me rooting for a rich person. But... Right.
0: And, and everyone else is like, oh, man, I can't wait for Triple H and Stephanie to form their own company to go against Vince, Ugh. Tony Khan. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's the next thing they want to do. I'm sure they want to get right back into this business. Um, Mm. The business that has destroyed their family multiple times, both on screen and in real life over the last 40 years. It's like, hey, let's keep scratching that itch in the hopes that this time it'll take, right?
1: Yeah, it's really funny that they probably thought they were inheriting this company. (laughs) Oh, boy. They can always sell, like a couple shares of their WWE stock and just buy impact. I
0: I think Stephanie's probably done with wrestling of all kinds. She's been more of a behind the scenes person. Anyway, she's been more of a philanthropy person. She's been more of a corporate speak business, business woman who does little to nothing, but like looks good in a suit and has a disturbing Mm -hmm. smile. And I think she's just going to continue to do that. You know? Yeah. If,
1: let's say, uh, the company gets sold and Vince or, or or just whoever runs the company gives Triple H the boot, can you see him, like, staying in the wrestling business? And, yes. Uh, behind the scenes or whatever? Like, obviously not at WWE,
0: I mean. I think Triple H has the same sickness Vince does, that all they know is wrestling, and without wrestling in their life, they will either wither and die, or they will just continue to try to get anything in wrestling uh, that they possibly can. What that's going to be, who knows, but for right now, Triple H is still there. You know, I I could definitely see Triple H very easily shifting, and everyone's like, oh man, since Vince has been gone, WWE has been so good, Papa H, we love you, you're saving wrestling... And like things really haven't been that much different. Like, yeah, Triple H hired back a bunch of the people that Vince let go, but maybe outside of like one or two of them, most of them got let go for a reason because they suck. Yeah. Hey, you we know, got to
1: see Scarlett wrestle this week. That was a plus. Uh,
0: there's a Kevin Nash joke in there that I'm not going to repeat on the show. <laughs> but if you know, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe you want to see her compete in a different combat sport. <laughs> Um, But speaking of which I do have one more thing to to talk about From this past week And Adam let me talk to you
4: I've been blindsided Week after week I still happen to be knocking On Bray Wyatt's front door And now where do we find ourselves Mountain Dew pitch black match What does that sound like Man I I can't help but hear Advantage L.A. Knight I just want to go ahead and say thank you Mountain Dew Thank you for the limited return of your pitch black flavor, the very inspiration for this match at the Royal Roman, because now you've allowed me the great opportunity to Is that show word? Bray Wyatt <laughs> as the shortest. WWE return in history. One match in, one match out, never seen again. Quite frankly, Bray, I've heard enough about you. I've heard enough of his little monsters. The Royal Rumble, I can't wait to get my hands on some Mountain Dew pitch black and turn the lights out on Bray White. Cause whose game is it? It's LA Knights game, yeah.
0: So on top of that, Alexa's officially spooky, and uh, Uncle Howdy came out and looked at her uh, this past week on Monday Night Raw. Yeah,
1: but you know what? I'm holding out hope that Alexa is not spooky. She's just bad, like as in evil. Not bad as in bad. But because of the fact that she's now saying that Uncle Howdy doesn't have any power over her, so maybe it's a way to just turn her heel but not have her leak ooze from her hairline and, and make the rafters fall down on people, you know?
0: Adam, it's very clear that Uncle Howdy has control over her. Whenever his logo would pop up on the screen, she would become a different person. There were definitely fans, wink, wink, in the crowd a week or two ago on Raw that were wearing Uncle Howdy masks that were freaking her out and causing her to become bad. She is a liar because she's a bad person. Hey. <laughs> Notwithstanding. Um, but Uncle Howdy clearly has a power over her, but this is them, because you know how like the power dynamic changed um, during the pandemic when Bray Wyatt got lit on fire and then like Alexa was the one that had the power and she's the one that cost Bray Wyatt the match at WrestleMania and everything else like that? Yeah. This is her reverting back to that mindset that she's been the one with Lily who's in control of all of this spookiness. But Uncle Howdy's here to show her and everyone else, except for LA Knight, that he's the real spooky power in the world wrestling entertainment.
1: Yeah, I, I can't process any of that, because I'm still mad at you for saying that Alexa's a bad person.
0: She's a heel! She's a bad <laughs> person!
1: Uh, see, all that stuff with the, the the fans and the crowd wearing the Uncle Howdy mask, so that's all like ancient history. I'm talking about this week on <laughs> Raw... This week on Raw, when she was standing on the commentator desk wearing shiny tight pants, that's the only Alexa I acknowledge. Anything that happened before that with the monitors flickering and stuff like that, that that's pre, like, pre-change to this new character.
0: It's, and there hasn't been a Lily doll in weeks. The promo segment literally ends with the thing happening, her freaking out, Uncle Howdy coming out and doffing his cap at her. And that's how the
1: segment ends. No, she was like staring him down. She wasn't scared. Yeah.
0: She had the look of fear in her eyes. <sighs> what I, 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 Alexa oh, Bliss my. needs to do is, sh- if she needs assistance against Uncle Howdy, Bray Wyatt, all the other dolls and puppets and knickknacks and bits and buttons, you put Alexa Bliss with L.A. Knight. You got your superpower couple, and yeah. now I got no problem with L.A. Or you not gonna, got no problem with Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I'd buy that
1: two pack of figures. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm still waiting on the first elite of LA Knight for me to buy. Yeah,
1: and we're just swooping past this whole Mountain Dew thing, aren't we?
0: (laughs) Thank you, Mountain Dew, for bringing back your pitch black flavor, which is the inspiration for the match at the pay-per-view, which we have no idea what the hell any of that means. Is it a blindfold match? Do you have to throw your opponent into a vat of Mountain Dew pitch black? Who the hell knows what it is? LA Knight seems to know what it is, but he ain't talking.
1: I hope it's a cinematic match. Oh,
0: I hope I <laughs> Adam, i I'm going on the record right now and saying, I don't care what the match is. It already has five stars, right? <laughs> it's starting at five. It can only go down from there.
1: Yeah. Well, that that's if LA Knight wins.
0: Uh, I don't know if they do enough goofy shit in the match. We can go over five stars, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else from this week? No, I got nothing. All right, so uh, let's get into uh, the homework that I assigned from this past week. All right.
4: Homework. 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 It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. Homework homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself.
0: So I assigned Adam this past week the beginning of uh, a bunch of stuff that we'll be watching in a similar vein. I assigned the January 10th 2000 episode of Monday Nitro, uh, the final episode of Monday Nitro booked under this current Vince Russo, Ed Ferrar regime. Uh, obviously, you could watch this episode on Peacock. Um, if you did not get a chance to watch, you could always head over to our good friend Kevin's website, masslibrary.com, and read his very lengthy and thorough rundown of this show. Yeah.
1: Uh, before we get into this, how much Further before this, did we get either the formation of NWO 2000 or Terry Funk becoming commissioner? Like, we are kind of starting some stuff where it feels like we're mid-story. Like, how far back would
0: we have had to go to kind of pick up at the beginning? NWO 2000 started two weeks prior. It was the Nitro after that uh, Starcade where um, Bill Goldberg kick Bret Hart in the head okay so it was like it was we're like two weeks before this Nitro that Starcade happens and then the next night on Nitro is when NWA 2000 forms then the minute. following week on Nitro is when Terry Funk comes out and he's the new commissioner of w- world championship wrestling
1: okay so two things like uh I didn't know, like, again, it's all fuzzy, WCW in this era. I didn't know that Brett got kicked in the head and then continued
0: working. We're going to get into that during the course
1: of the show. Okay. Uh, And uh, I was going to say, like, it might have been worth starting two weeks prior, even though your goal was to to cover the area where Russo wasn't booking, but I get you.
0: So it'll, it'll make sense as we get to where we're going. Right. right,
1: Yep. Fair enough. So yeah, January 10th, 2000 Buffalo, New York show starts off with a recap. And I just want to say, I, I watched the original feed, not the cock. Okay. I I gave up the cock for a week. Um, so we have a recap of some of the shenanigans over the past couple weeks with Terry Funk as the commissioner fighting the NWO. Bret Hart says he might just have to kill Terry Funk. Uh, and I, I wouldn't mind watching that match. Uh, but so obviously, as is the case with all WCW episodes around that time, we get a limo, uh, first of many limos. And this is Terry Funk with such luminaries as Arn Anderson, Paul Orndorff and Tim Taylor's favorite wrestler, Larry Zabisco.
0: I like how you say Orndorff's name the way that Hulk Hogan says Orndorff's name in po- promos. He calls him Arndorf.
1: <laughs> Arndorf. <laughs> um I just want to say, like, if they didn't say that that was Paul Orndorf getting out of the limo, I would right. not know. Like, Arn Anderson has looked like Arn Anderson for his entire life. Larry Zabisco, I I don't know a young Larry Zabisco. I just know the old one. Uh, and it's just funny that, Arn Anderson in this when all of those guys look like they're 150. Like I think he's like 41.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kevin goes through the ages of this crew in his write up. Yeah. Um, and I just want to throw out there the recap stuff that we saw from Thunder from the week before of a torn shirt, sweaty, in duress Arn Anderson.
3: Mm. <laughs> That's all.
1: <laughs> all right, so we're going to start things off hot with the wrestling match, Joe. I'm sure this is the first of many wrestling matches on this uh, two-hour program, but we have the team of The Revolution coming out to a remix of The Beautiful People, uh, Saturn and Dean Malenko, accompanied by the franchise and Asia, and they're going to face the filthy animals, Conan and Kidman, with Rey Mysterio. The Ding, 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 the match starts, and all of a sudden... Comes out Crowbar and David Flair with Daphne. They're attacking. Oh, I'm sure this is going to be thrown out. Oh, no, it's a three-way dance. and They didn't tell us. Uh, So it's actually a three-way dance, I I believe, for the tag titles. Crowbar and David Flair are the champs, even though I don't think they mentioned it. And they didn't come out with the belts because they had weapons. Uh, Flair and Crowbar openly used weapons in front of the uh, the ref, but there's no DQ. uh, Because it was just what WCW did around there. It seemed like Revolution just leaves as they're fighting with Rey. Uh, And no, it's a a pinfalls count anywhere match. Another thing I would have liked to have known. Uh, Saturn goes and does a New Jack style dive from the balcony onto Rey Mysterio through a table. And then David Flair just swoops in and gets the pin on Saturn. Uh, And that's it. That's uh, the first match.
0: Uh, Bobby Heenan says that Saturn was at least 70 feet up in the air. <laughs> um, it was sad to see so many empty seats behind Saturn. I'm sure that was an area that was tarped off for uh, camera kills and whatever, or unsold seats, right? <laughs> um, I'm not sure exactly when it happened in the timeline because we discussed it last week with uh, Ready to Rumble, but the filming of Ready to Rumble, I did have uh, listen to the show, friend of the show, Tom Green point out to me that in The Observer around this time, they did say that filming of. Ready to Rumble did start late September, early October of uh, 1999. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And it was filming that little bit of a match in Ready to Rumble where Ray got the injury that he has here. So we're like less than like a month or two from Ray filming his scene for Ready to Rumble and being injured.
1: Okay. So we go to commentary. They mentioned that they do not have a rundown for the show because Commissioner Terry Funk is booking the show on the fly. Uh, We get a recap of some of the animosity between Stevie Ray and Booker T. Uh, Stevie Ray hits Booker with the slapjack, lays out uh, Booker and uh, Midnight. Uh, And then another limo arrives, this time with the NWO of uh, Kevin Nash, Bret the Hitman Hart double j jeff jarrett and big Pump, and it's apparently scott steiner's birthday so what do you get a man like scott steiner for his birthday a bunch of prostitutes most of them looking north of 40
4: um, oh
1: my
0: god <laughs> okay so i need to stop you right there okay yep. a couple of them are workers okay <laughs> and a couple of them, that's just how women looked in 2000. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you came up to me between 1997 and 2000 and held a gun to my set and asked me how old Sable is, I would have said she was north of 40. But I think at the time she was 29. That's just how women looked back then, Adam.
1: See, I don't, I, I grew up in this era and I have no memory of it. Like, I remember in my mind what constituted an attractive woman in like the late 90s and then i remember like what constitutes an attractive woman right now like and that doesn't like fit and like stacy Keebler was in the company and she looked nothing like them tori wilson was in the company and she looked nothing like
0: them well they they weren't workers doing like a gimmick like this they came from like modeling or cheerleading or whatever it was right
1: Okay, so, um, like, if you were an attractive worker in 2000, you just had big hair.
0: <laughs> you just had big hair, you had a nice leathery tan, <laughs> you know, that's just what it was, right? So, to get, just, Adam, to put things into perspective, okay, mm-hmm. two of the women that were in there that were workers, okay, uh, one was April Hunter, that was the redhead girl, right? She was the one that likes jumping up and down. Right, so okay. she was a worker, right? At the time, she was 24 years old. That's a rough 24 years. <laughs> okay. So yeah. it was a rough 24 years. The other one was the future major guns, okay. Tylene Bach. She, at the time, was, if I'm doing my gazintas, was 27 years old.
1: See, when I see major guns, I always assume she was like in her late 30s.
0: Okay. Adam. This is just the way women looked back in the early 2000s. All
1: right. Just doesn't make any sense to me, but fair enough. I'll defer to you on that one.
0: And I also want to throw in there, if you caught Kevin Nash, who's always a gem in these sort of things. He said that today, that day was Scott Steiner's 21st birthday.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, And also the rib on all of this, at least to me, I went and I looked it up and I'm like, was it really Scott Steiner's birthday on this day? And it wasn't, right? Yeah. It was actually Buff Bagwell's actual birthday on that show day. So I can only imagine, like, Buff with the ego sort of thing that he had. The fact that they were doing an angle on the show celebrating somebody else's birthday meant that he couldn't go out there and get a cheap pop for telling the fans it was his birthday.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, he had a great segment later, which we'll get to, you know? Yeah. It was worth it. But uh, uh, we see that there's a hospital job on like an ambulance job on Ray. So Ray's being put into an ambulance. And then next we have the old I'm sorry. I I, I just have
0: to stop you there. As they're getting Ray onto the ambulance to sell the injury, Ray is like having a seizure. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I, I wish I saw the direction that Gray was given how to sell the injury. He could have just been like, oh, my leg hurts. Oh, be careful of my leg. I'm in a lot of pain. But he was, like, literally, like, shaking. He was in so much pain. It was very odd.
1: Yeah. Well, you've never had somebody jump on you from 70 feet in the air. Maybe that's a, a side effect. Touché. Yeah. (laughs) So we have Oklahoma comes out. He's got a bottle of barbecue sauce and a broom. He's tired of all the hoochies not being in the kitchen and barefoot and pregnant. And uh, that silicone freak Medusa ain't no damn good. And at at this point, I realize she's the cruiserweight champ. I'm like, okay. Uh, So he issues an open challenge to any woman in the back. He's going to have a slobber knocker. Asia accepts. um, And she uh, basically... Comes in the ring, does a little flippy-do. Oklahoma jumps her, and then it proceeds to get his ass kicked until Oklahoma hits her in the head with the bottle of barbecue sauce. Uh, Medusa then just saunters out uh, with blue hair or blue wig and uh, different boobs than I remember her having. Uh, and Medusa takes just probably the most vicious broom shot to the head that I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, like you, you might have to look away because... Th- Honestly, if we knew back in 2000 what we know about head injuries now, uh, she should have never took that broom shot. Um, and now she'll have, to, she'll have no way to get home, which Bobby Heenan said as the broom was breaking. So I, I enjoyed that, that little bit. Uh, Bobby Heenan always seems to, to put something good on a, on a shit sandwich. But yay, Medusa.
0: So uh the Revolution are heels. It's a group of heels and they have their big muscly female bodyguard person with them, right? Yeah. And she's a heel unless she's in the segments with the male chauvinist character who's competing for a secondary title and then she's a babyface. Does this sound like anything that may have happened in another company literally 3 months beforehand? <laughs>
1: Now, did WCW have a baby face female other than Medusa to put in that spot? No. That could work? That could work? No. So, yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we go backstage. Terry Funk. Or actually, no, they're not backstage. They come out. Uh, Terry Funk and his crew, they uh, go ahead and have a promo that goes on for an hour and a half. They're the old age outlaws because everything about WCW in this era was take something from the WWF and just copy it. Um, So Arn in this promo, oh, I, I wrote this, I said this before that he was super young. Uh and then I wrote down, "Oh great, they're all getting a chance to talk." Because by the time we got to Larry Zabisco and then Orndorff, I was like, "Oh, come on, make this end." Um Orndorff points to the power plant students in the front row and I'm like, "Oh, I recognize some of those guys." The NWO comes out, Jarrett's wearing a Titans jersey trying to get that cheap MJF heat. Uh, Uh,
0: excuse me. Uh, double J not only was doing it before MJF was even (laughs) born. Uh, secondly, it's double J. He can do whatever he wants.
1: (laughs) Nash makes a bunch of old jokes about how they're lucky that, you know, Nitro starts taping at eight and they were able to get the early bird special. Um, and I do love Terry Funk, but him explaining the matches for Jarrett and just for everybody was just a confusing mess. Uh, he basically says that Jarrett's going to have three matches that night. Actually, I wasn't clear as to who was getting the three matches until Jarrett was like, oh, so I'm getting three matches? I'm like, all right. Uh, I I was under the impression that one of them was a regular match, and then one well, was a – I know. But I'm just Terry
0: Funk definitely says it's a regular match.
1: Yeah, okay. He says it's a regular match, a bunkhouse brawl, and then a cage match. Uh, and So we'll get into my thoughts on, on how that's presented in a little bit. Um, and then basically they're going to, he's going to wrestle against all of Terry Funk's best friends, uh, not the guys that are in the ring. And Chris Benoit is going to referee all the matches. Um, and then he basically says, Brett and Nash are going to wrestle. And Bret Hart says, we can't do that. We're like brothers, uh, which was funny. And, uh, Terry Funk basically says, if you don't wrestle, you'll be fined $50,000 a piece and also brett will be stripped of the world title and so obviously nash is like i don't care about money i got plenty of money and brett's like i don't care about money i got plenty of money and then funk's like and i'll also take away your title and they're like no you can't take away the title and i'm like this is all very contradictory and not contradictory but i feel like they're repeating themselves and like learning new information at different points um so, it was just a very convoluted thing. And then Steiner grabs the mic, and then they do like a thing where he's getting censored. And yes, Kevin, that was on the original feed. Uh, and Terry Funk says he's going to wash out Scott Steiner's mouth with soap. And that's pretty much it for that segment. There were some good things in there, but
0: man, that was a train wreck. It was a it was too long, but this was oh, yeah. the era of a Monday night wrestling program having a twenty plus minute promo segment to set up the show yeah <sighs>
1: so buff Bagwell's here and he's gonna get a face-to-face confrontation with ddp where there are no blow no blows allowed for the first five minutes uh kimberly arrives in a limo we get a recap of some of the uh fisticuffs between ddp and bagwell uh, and then basically they they you know they grab their mics and they they're talking. And it's a bunch of like, oh, you're hitting on my wife. Oh no, I'm not. I'm a great listener. Buff says we're just friends. And it gets down to the five minute mark, and it almost seems like I know that they're gonna you know it's gonna lead to the match. But it almost seems like they get to a point in the conversation where they're like, well, I I kind of see your point. Well, I kind of see your point. And then like the five minutes are up, and then. The birthmark thing happens where uh, where Buff Bagwell's like, yeah, I saw the birthmark. All the boys in the back did, and then obviously DDP goes nuts and starts fighting them. But uh bad segment. They should have just had it be, hey, listen, this is going to be a, a no physicality face to face, just like they do in AEW all the time with the the backstage stuff. Just be like, if you guys fight. Before the pay per view, you're gonna get fined, but you can't, you know, come to blows in this. I don't know, but it was bad.
0: Um, again, not like in theory, okay. Uh, the things that I was focused on that they on commentary were saying that Buff Bagwell was still a kid. <laughs> first, first of all, he was a 30 year old man. It was his birthday. Uh, second of all, he had been in the company as a regular competitor for over nine years at this point, and the way that the thing was shot, uh, the cameraman was lovingly focused on Buff's bald spot, um, <laughs> so that did him no favors as being a kid either. Well, he should have
1: never stopped wearing the top hat.
0: He should have never stopped wearing the top hat, and I think anyone, uh, up to and including Arn Anderson, would look like a kid standing next to DDP. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, all right. So we go backstage. The NWO is talking. Nash is willing to just lay down for Brett. Uh, but I guess Brett is too much of a hard-headed jerk to take Nash's help. Uh, so they kind of go back and forth a little bit. And, you know, Brett's like, well, I, you know, I take pride in the championship. You know, I'm a 12 time champ. And Nash, is, I don't know how many times he was, but he, he said he was a five time th- champ, a five time champ. And Nash is like, well, I was a three time champ. Maybe I'll be a four time by the end of the show. Uh, so they're kind of laying the groundwork that this could be a competitive match but you if you don't know where this goes you just assume it's going to be just a fuck finish well it was a fuck finish spoiler but you assume it's going to be like a lay down or or something to that effect but uh, but no we get a match at the end spoiler so Jarrett comes out for his first match unless you want to talk about Brett and Nash
0: Um, I like Brett Hart I like Kevin Nash I didn't want to see them fight I just wanted them to see them be friends nay brothers
1: yeah. Uh so Jarrett comes out with a wheelbarrow full of plunder and we find out that his opponent is George the Animal Steel. Yay! Uh and it's not a wrestling match. It, oh, no, I wrote down that, like, why isn't the wrestling match first was in right. my notes. Because I'm like, you, that's how you do it. You do a wrestling match, and then you do a little bit more gimmick, and then you do the big blow off of the cage match. So I was confused in my notes that why they're not just having a, a wrestling match. But this is the bunkhouse brawl. Uh, So Jarrett takes probably the worst garbage can shots that I've ever seen. His hand that he's putting up to protect himself is about a foot and a half away from his head. Uh, But then he eats a chair that like George just kind of throws at him. Uh, George eats a turnbuckle and then takes a guitar shot. And then uh, Arne Anderson comes in, does a spine buster and George the animal steals or George the animal steal wins because Benoit pulled him over. Uh, yay. WCW everybody.
0: Okay. Um, so this is my question for you. What notes do I have here? Um, okay. Uh, who is older double J today or George Steele in this match?
1: I I only just cause I, I looked at Kevin's notes and he had all the age. I'm going to assume Jarrett's older now.
0: No. So uh, double J. So I can't tell you how old double J is because it'll give away the other ones. Um, okay. But George Steele is older than double J today in this match.
1: How old was? Can you give me context so, uh, so I, oh, I, mean, I? Okay, can't so Georgina Steele was George.
0: sixty-two. Oh, okay, and what's uh, Jarrett's
1: like? Probably in his late fifties. I can't say because we have no, two more matches. I'm just talking. I'm I'm saying it out loud. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh so we go backstage and we have Jarrett talking to Nash, because at this point Nash and Hart are in separate locker rooms taping up and all that stuff. And your boy, Jeff Jarrett, tells Kevin Nash to throw that can, uh Canadian goof out of the NWO. Uh I, I just don't understand how you could throw your support behind somebody that would talk about Mr. Hitman that way. Um uh, but Nash is like, no, you know, we'll I'll win the belt and then we'll throw him out. So uh very weird that like we're in the very infancy of the NWO 2000, and they're already just like, yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck the champion. We're going to get rid of him. Uh, but it is what it is. So we have the Stevie Ray promo. Uh, Booker turned his back on the hood, you know, wearing all his fancy suits. Booker T comes out. He refuses to wrestle his brother. Uh, and then he changes his mind. He's like, yeah, I'll wrestle my brother. So they're having a match. Yay.
0: Yeah, I don't know. This is this is a waste of Booker T, but they needed to do something to like close him being a tag team wrestler and move him on to being a full time singles wrestler.
1: Yeah. So another Jeff Jarrett match, and hey, this is a dungeon match, uh, which you could win by pinfall, submission, or throwing
0: your opponent out to the floor. Okay. Uh, I need yeah. I, I need to make one thing clear because it's very important. It's not if you so okay so it's not if you throw your opponent out to the floor if you leave the ring you lose the match okay okay this is a this is a crucial bit of business because they say that typically a dungeon match is wrestled with no ropes on the ring either okay these are two key points that are going to be important in about a month
1: (laughs) yeah and you're right they did say they they did explain it that way that if you leave the ring i just wrote down wrong but uh obviously this is news to the viewer because it was introduced earlier by funk as just being a wrestling match but anyways uh terry funk's good personal friend who's coming out to get that pop against jeff Jarrett, is tito santana terry funk has done it again this is amazing says tony Schiavone. Uh, yeah, so Jarrett comes out. He shoves a member of the Buffalo Bills, Ted Washington, uh, and Orndorff, and then jumps Santana. And then Orndorff comes in and pile drives Jarrett, and Ted Washington gets involved. And then Benoit does a fast count, and Tito Santana wins. And uh, Tito just looked great.
0: Okay, I want to just throw this out here Two, January 2000, Tito Santana was considered washed. An old man. He had yeah. not been on national TV at this point for the better part of seven years. Okay?
1: Yeah, he was probably just doing, like, the, the basketball gym shows. You right. Know?
0: World Star Wrestling for Johnny Glitter and stuff like yeah. that, right? <laughs> Who was older, Tito in this match or Double J today? Mm, Jarrett. Double J today. Uh, Tito yeah. Santana is 48 years old here. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, want you to, I want you to keep that in mind, and something that, uh, that I noticed as Tito's making his comeback, Bobby gets a plug-in on commentary for Tito's wife's nail salon in Jersey City. <laughs> that's part of the deal. <laughs> but that's one of those things that, like, because, you know, in WWF, Bobby would bury Tito all the time, right, on commentary, because he's the heel. But, like, there were certain guys that he would always give it to, like, a little bit more, you know? Yeah. And it's fun, like, years later to find out that obviously, like, the fact that he throws a plug in for his wife's nail salon on commentary, him and Tita were probably really good friends. Sure. You know? Yeah. So, like, it's always funny to see, like, the heel commentator give it to their buddy just a little bit more on TV, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, we get a quick uh, commercial or,
1: or notice that Thunder is moving to Wednesdays at 9.05, or 8.05, I don't know, but it's moving to Wednesdays. It's special again.
0: Right, they really hammered home, hey guys, watch Thunder. We're doing shit over at Thunder again. Please watch.
1: <laughs> uh, so Tink Abbott comes out, and oh boy, this is, uh, of all the Tink <laughs> Abbott promos, this was the most Tink Abbott one. Um, But he basically talks about that big, fat old duck boy, Doug Dillinger, uh, finding him a bunch of times and he, he's inviting Dillinger to come out and take a free shot at tank Abbott. Uh, so Doug Dillinger comes out. He does actually, after just getting berated and called duck boy and quacking at him and all that shit for a while, uh, Dillinger does punch tank in the face and then just gets laid out and, Tank's, you know, laying the boots to him and security comes out and tries to handcuff him and then gets him handcuffed and then uh Jerry Flynn comes out and throws a kick and oh hey, there's a match between Tank Abbott and Jerry Flynn on the pay-per-view that everybody should care about.
0: Um this segment was real bad. Yeah. <laughs> I do want I do want to let you know Vince Russo loved Tank Abbott.
1: It's like a legitimate, you know, athlete. It's like his Ken Shamrock in his yes. mind, probably, you know? Yes. Um, and I wrote this down in the notes. It has nothing to do with anything. Do you think I, I I'm sure the answer to this is yes, but in the archives, the warehouses in Stanford, are the big WCW entrances there somewhere?
0: Um Pro- probably like in pieces, but yes.
1: Oh yeah, I mean I'm assuming it's not all one. Like it's not like when Vince walks in the fucking w and c parts you you walk in but uh i just wonder when i look at episodes of wcw i'm like where is that stuff now Mm -hmm. all right so for the final actually before we even get to the match this one is spoiled with the limo shot and we're getting jimmy snucka for fuck's sake uh before the real
0: Real quick, so they, they do the deal where, like, because all the other reveals were Arn talking to someone in the limo, and that's your teaser on the commercial break. Like, who was in the limo that Arn was talking to? And then the legend comes out. And then for the last one, Jimmy Snuka, right? Yeah. So Jimmy Snuka gets out of the limo, and his left eye is, like, fucked up. Like, he was sleeping in there, and his <laughs> eye had, like, crusted over it. He couldn't open it up. And, like, it looked really scary, okay? <laughs> Yeah. Not to say that Jimmy Snooker don't look scary in the first place, uh-huh. but uh, before we get to the match, who's older? Double J today or Jimmy Snooker when this match took place? Jimmy Snooker. They are both the same age. 55 well, years old.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, I get it. Jeff Jarrett looks great for his age, Joe. Do you want me to say it? Uh, Jeff, Jarrett looks gr- Jeff Jarrett looks great for my age. He looks great <laughs> For everyone's age. Jeff Jarrett, ain't he great? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So before the match, we see
1: uh, it's funny because we have a shot of like Kevin Nash laying down, like stretching, and then Bret Hart laying down and stretching. And then they cut to Benoit laid out. And I
0: was like, oh, he's stretching. (laughs) So I thought that was a really cool camera like thing to do. You know what I mean? Do you think it was intentional? Yes. Oh, I
1: don't give him that much credit.
0: A blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then, Adam.
1: All right. So, uh, even though he's taken out, he does return for the cage match. And we are, uh, we are blessed with having two murderers in the ring at the same time. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, maybe three. You never know what Jared. He might I have just say Double stuff, J but...
0: never. Oh, Ben Juan, Jimmy Snuka. Okay. All right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, Jared might have made three. Um, so anyways, they have their match, and there's just a bunch of fuckery with all the old-age outlaws. And Stuka goes to the top of the cage and does his super fly thing. Benoit does a diving headbutt off the top of the cage. And I hate the fact that Kevin has this in his write-up, because this was in my notes. I was going to say, let's hope that that doesn't have any long-term effects on his health. Aww. Uh, <laughs> um, And like I said, I like dunking on Jeff Jarrett as much as the next guy it's fun uh but watching all these like old guys these wrestling over the course of this entire show has was just bad man like like if you told me okay we're gonna punish Jeff Jarrett we're gonna put him through this gauntlet of having him wrestle three times in increasingly more difficult matches have him in there with WCW wrestlers he doesn't have to have a a knockdown five-star match but Have one squisher, have one guy give him a little bit of trouble, and have one guy have a competitive match. It doesn't have to be a bunch of people you got off of a bus stop.
0: So they were in Buffalo, they were in New York, Vince Russo was fans of all these guys, and thought by using these guys in the New York Territory, bro, it would have popped the TV number. (sighs) Ah. But like Tony Giovanni even mentioned, like, George Steele was never in any of whatever WCW ended up being. Jim Crockett Promotions, Georgia Championship Wrestling, Florida, whatever it was. George Steele never competed in any of those promotions, okay? Yeah. Um, Jimmy Snuka did. Tito Santana did. But Tito Santana was there very briefly. Jimmy Snuka had not been in that territory that this company was based off for 22 years prior, okay? Yeah. So it was essentially Russo just trying to book WWF stuff against the WCW backdrop, and it didn't work. And Jeff was given a horrible task to go out there and carry the load of these matches with, like, guys that were washed, guys that were over their prime, you know, Mm -hmm. or past their prime. And I thought Jeff did as good as a job that he could have done with what he was given.
1: Yeah, I don't fault Jeff Jarrett. You know, I I don't want to sound like, you know, that's what I'm doing, but it was just overall bad TV, because... Spoiler, we're about to go into the main event, and if you don't count all these, like, elderly matches against Jarrett, like, there was two matches on this entire show.
0: I So I count the elderly matches, but, like, you know, let's say five matches on the show, which is still pretty low for a two-hour show. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, backstage, we have the Old Age Outlaws. They actually tied up scott steiner and terry funk sticks a bar of soap in his mouth like he promised and i actually like the fact that they uh they they figured out a way to deplete steiner's strength somehow and they got him at his weakest point you know so good on them um so we go to the main event Hart versus nash uh the bell rings with 13 minutes left of the show um and i have to ask was Bret Hart wrestling in jorts in a t-shirt at this time or yes. it just post getting kicked in the head
0: post getting kicked in the head.
1: All right. Cause he was just like, fuck it. I'm not wearing gear. I'm just gonna wear sneakers. And yeah. Like
0: cause he, cause he, re- if you saw the clips from the beginning on thunder where the week, you know, the thunder prior, he wrestled Terry funk and he was essentially wearing the same thing that he was wearing here. Jorts in an NWO t-shirt. Gotcha. All
1: right. Just curious. Uh, they have a match. It was actually great by Nitro standards. Um, probably terrible by like Bret Hart standards. But it, for what I've grown to expect from WCW 2000, it was actually a pretty good match. It was competitive. There was no uh, laying off of each other. You know, there wasn't the NWO chicanery that I expected. Uh, you know, they actually had a competitive match where they their pride forced them to to try to compete against each other. Um But Arn Anderson shows up wearing a ref shirt and hits Nash with the pipe because we can't have nice things in WCW. Uh, Then Sid Vicious comes out, uh, attacks Bret Hart. They start lowering the cage. Uh, Sid powerbombs Bret Hart, and the match ends with Arn Anderson counting as the referee, counting Sid as the winner over Bret absolute garbage ending there but then terry funker run, runs out and brands kevin nash on the stomach which almost made it a charming ending to the show uh but what a way to ruin a a, a potentially fun match okay
0: uh a couple things to mention um a ton of things to mention so um if you if you want if you didn't watch this match i want you to go back and watch this match again if you can listeners okay um so bret hart is working with a concussion Okay, so he gets the concussion from Bill Goldberg um, like three weeks prior at Starrcade. He then wrestles this match and a match against Terry Funk the week prior. Okay, he has a concussion. He should not be wrestling, knowing what we know now. Storyline: Scott Steiner's not wrestling tonight because he has a concussion and he's not cleared to wrestle. Storyline-wise, during the course of this match, they mentioned that Double J got a concussion from the match that he just had with Jimmy Snuka. Okay,
3: mm-hmm.
0: so WCW is the walking wounded at this point. But I want you to watch this match, and I want you to look at every move that these guys do to each other. Bret Hart is a pro's pro. And Kevin Nash does not get enough credit for how good of a worker he was. There's a bunch of times where it looks like he is killing Brett on some of those elbows and some of those kicks. But if you're watching real close, you're seeing like you're looking at like half an inch of daylight on those shots and it's all them working together. Brett doing the cell at the right time, Kev doing the stomp, the whole thing. These two had such great chemistry together. Underrated chemistry. Um and I really like this match. I know you said um it was good for what we got, it was good for a nitro match, but I think if this didn't have a fuck finish, I think people would remember this a lot more, since this essentially for like until the the fucking match with Vince at WrestleMania, this is Brett's last match.
1: Yeah. I wrote down this hypothetical. If there was going to be a Thanos snap and not only would they be blinked out of existence, but all of your memory of their past matches, their past promos, all of that would go away. And you have to snap either Mr. Hitman or Big Sexy out of existence. Who you doing, Joe? And you can't say neither or you can't say I'll just snap myself out of existence.
0: One of them's got to go. If I'm picking uh, Kevin, I'm sorry, you got to go, my friend. Wow, um, I think I, I, Bre- Brett just has like a longer legacy. He means a lot more to the business. Um, you know, they both mean a lot to the business. But if you're making me choose one, uh, Kev, you got to go. I'm sorry. See, I'm not upset
1: with you picking Nash. I'm upset that it didn't take you longer. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I like Mr. Right. Hitman.
1: Yeah. Uh so if I have to say, when it comes to this episode of Nitro, um, when it comes. I try to be as impartial as possible. Yes. And I have a scale set in place. Uh oh. And it's it's whether or not the show had Miss Hancock or Tori Wilson on it. And this show did not, so it gets a thumbs down from me.
0: Oh, come on. Um, so I just want to say before you assign your homework for next week, okay? Yep. As we leave the show, here is the card for sold out this upcoming Sunday, okay? Mm-hmm. Brett defending the world title against Sid. Double J defending the world title in a three-stages-of-hell match against Chris Benoit.
1: The United States, right? The
0: United States Championship, yes. Um, We have the Filthy Animals versus the Revolution in some sort of multi-person match because the franchise was teasing a mystery man as part of the Revolution for uh, that multi-person match taking place at the pay-per-view, right? Okay. Okay. We got Oklahoma versus Medusa for the uh, the Juiceray title. We have Booker's T versus Stevie Ray. We have Lightning Foot Jerry Flynn taking on Tank Abbott, and we also have um, uh, Buff Bagwell versus DDP. Okay, mm-hmm. this is the pay-per-view card that they built up on this episode of Nitro. We got one episode of Thunder before then. I'm sure that pay per view is going to happen exactly as planned.
1: <laughs> all right, well we'll say
0: you know. Oh, and we all and I forgot, and we also have Terry Funk versus Kevin Nash with the commissionership of World Championship Wrestling on the line. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, I already know what happens there. Okay. <laughs> all right, Joe, you have a plan in place for your show homework? Yes. Uh, I have a theme for my show homework and we are going to watch another wrestling movie. And if you watched AEW this past week, you might've seen uh, a women's tag match. And in that match, one of the wrestlers screamed out repeatedly, this is my house. This is my house. This is my house. This is my house. Well, Joe, wouldn't you like to see a documentary practically a documentary if you ask me about how she learned all those things that's right joe we're gonna watch fighting with my family
0: have you seen uh, it no i've never seen this excellent
1: i was i was hoping you never saw it (laughs) i heard it's not bad i've seen it before i i didn't i like I, I'll I i do not want to spoil anything, but I'm not assigning you a crap movie. I'm just assigning you something that you otherwise wouldn't have watched. You mm-hmm. know?
0: You're correct. I would not have watched this. <laughs> From and the Rocks Florence, for do-
1: I was gonna say Florence Pugh is in it and uh mm-hmm. she's uh she's alright. I'm a big she's... fan of uh of the the
0: new uh Black
1: what it say Black Panther, Black Widow.
0: Mm-hmm let me go ahead and purchase this film right now.
1: Oh, nice. I might have to have you send that over to me. I didn't check to see if it was available on my my streaming service. It
0: but. is not. Um it, it, so again, I checked. Um you could buy it like I did or you could rent it off Apple TV for 4 bucks. Uh-huh. Um you could or you could like rent it off like Vudu or Redbox or Amazon, whatever. Um It's not streaming free anywhere, so I plunked down my $3.99 so I could watch this wink.
1: Well, you you put it on the company card,
0: right? Right, right, of course.
1: Okay, cool. So, yes, we're going to be watching Fighting With My Family, starring The Rock, Vince Vaughn,
0: and Florence Pugh. Mm Mm-hmm. All the stars are there. (laughs) All right, let's get into uh, how your uh, other little bit shook out from this past week. As long as you play
1: the music.
4: The gender-neutral monarch of At Odds Wrestling!
1: That is right, Joe. The first round of the fourth annual-ish gender-neutral monarch of At Odds Wrestling has been completed. And I'm not even going to lie. I was following these results like it was Election Day. I was refreshing I had the like actual desktop browser open on my laptop so I can get the exact numbers. I was corresponding with other concerned parties. Uh, some of these came down to the wire. But we're going to go over the matchups one by one, let you know what happened. You can give your thoughts. And then at the end, I will let you know who will be facing who in the next round. How's that sound? Go for it. All right, so in our opening matchup, in what many people— I mean, other than you, of course, considered to be the number one seed of this tournament. The Boar defeated Big Sue 77% to 23%. Uh,
0: some would say that uh, Big Sue was done dirty, but uh, after what's happened to the Boar the last three years in this tournament, uh, I think no matter who he was facing, they were going down in the first round. And again, I'll
1: say this, am I conspiring against the boar? Am I conspiring for the boar? You people need to make up your mind what narrative you want to push here. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so. Uh Uh-huh, sure. Yeah, all right. You guys can't have it all. You can't have it both ways. But Mm -hmm. next matchup, we have the selection from Final Wrestling Place, Mandy Rose facing Rex Lawless, and Mandy Rose advances with 63% of the vote.
0: Rex, Rex is a good guy. Uh, Rex has been uh, putting together in a very ravishing, Rex lawless sort of way, but uh, Mandy Rose is in the uh, public eye a little bit more than he is, and I think that kind of played in her favor.
1: Yep. Yeah. All right, so next up, we have the We Need Wrestling pick of Max the Impaler versus CPA, and then what many people will call an upset, CPA wins with 53% of the vote. Uh,
0: say this is an upset, for sure. Um, Nothing against either competitor. Um, I just think uh, CPA wanted it more. Uh, He's a very hungry guy. I saw him looking for something over by a dumpster earlier today. Could have been a sandwich. (laughs) Who
1: knows? (laughs) Yeah, CPA was definitely, you know, he was retweeting this. He was definitely invested. Um, Max was probably, like, skinning an animal somewhere. Couldn't be bothered with it, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have... The Wrestling Cheers pick of Isaiah Broner versus Cheeseburger. Now, this was honestly the closest competition out of the entire tournament. This went back and forth at like 49-51, 50%, 50%, back and forth, up until seconds before the polls closed. And with 51% of the vote, Cheeseburger advances. Wow.
0: Um, I would say... Not an upset, but this was probably the evenest matched uh, matchup of the first round, as you mentioned. Well, I said last week that this one really could have gone either way, and the voting kind of played that out. I'm shocked Berger ended up pulling out uh, in the end. That's awesome. Yep.
1: Uh, shame on you, Justin Summers. You should have done more. Just saying. Uh, next up, we have the uh, Hit My Music selection of Jada Newman versus Ziggy Heim. And this was another squisher. Ziggy wins with 76% of the vote.
0: Yeah, Jaden seems like a nice kid, but Ziggy's another one. Just uh, our fan base, our listenership, our extended family of wrestling podcasts, they were picking Ziggy, you know, seven days a week, twice on Sunday. Yeah.
1: I I appreciate Dewicky, you know, nominating somebody that, you know, he's familiar with. And likes, and I'm sure Jaden's awesome, but obviously, like you said, the exposure's just not there for our listeners, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have Derek Dillinger versus the face of women's wrestling. The face? The face. And Dillinger wins with 60% of the vote.
0: Um, Maybe an upset to some, not an upset in my opinion. I said last week, if this was... Tay Conti, not Tay Mello, uh, the jobber-clobberer of AEW Dark and Dark Elevation, we might have had a different outcome, and if some of the pictures that I saw leaked out from Rampage, no spoilers, um, I think if this voting took place after people saw the match that's on Rampage this week, Derek might not have won. (laughs) I mean, the fact that Tay got 40% of the vote, and I'm going to be 100%
1: honest with you here, I did not vote for Tay. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fact that she got forty percent of the vote is actually surprising. You know, I figured Dillinger would run away with it, but good for him, for sure. Next up, and obviously that was the indie wrestling guide pick, uh, Dillinger. Uh, next up, we have the Pod Van Dam, the final Pod Van Dam pick, Alabama Doink versus Maserati. Wes Barkley. Wes is another guy who was hungry for this. He tweeted out multiple times that if he loses this, it's rigged. Uh, it is possible to be rigged and for you to win it, Maserati. Uh, and this is one that Alabama Doink was in the lead handily for most of the week. But Wes Barkley pulls off the win with 52% of the vote.
0: This was a toss-up. Um, I, I voted for Wes on this one. Uh, Wes is my dude. Um, Alabama Doink is funny uh, to go on. <laughs> But uh, if only there was a if only there was a podcast that could have put all of their strength behind Alabama Doink. But uh, you know that's that's your legacy now. <laughs> <laughs> and in the final matchup,
1: we have Joe Sposto's pick of Double J Jeff Jarrett. That's J E Double F J A Double R E Double T. That's Double J Jeff Jarrett. Against Dylan Hornswoggle Postle. I don't know the thing as well as you do. The six WrestleManias, Star of Muppets Most Wanted, <laughs> Leprechaun Origins, Chocolate, Sticky Fingers, and Doo-Doo, whatever. This one was close at many times. But aside from the first couple hours of voting, there's a man who grabbed the lead and never gave it up. And he proved beyond a shadow of a doubt with a tear in my eye, that sometimes Jeff Jarrett does lose. Swagga wins with fifty-six percent of the vote. Hell yeah! Justice is resumed, restored.
0: So, what are the uh, next round matches there, Adam?
1: <laughs> you don't you don't have anything? No, nothing, nothing. All right, all right. Just just don't want to no. let that linger for a little bit. No. Yep. All right. Sometimes Jarrett loses. Uh, anyways, the next round. These are your matchups. On the left side of the bracket, we have the Boar versus Mandy Rose.
0: Um, tough pick. Um, this is Boar's tournament to lose at this point. I'm picking the Boar. Okay. Uh, unless um. Some other news, information, dalliances, story, something comes out about Mandy Rose in the next couple days. That puts her name into the the headlines again. You know, the steam's starting to come off a little bit. And the board's just uh, hot all the time. (laughs) Alright, and our next
1: match... We have CPA versus Cheeseburger, another matchup that could happen in real life.
0: Yeah, definitely. I don't think these two have ever crossed paths, but this is making me want to see them cross paths uh, in the real world. Um, I like both these guys. They're both really good guys. They're both very good wrestlers as well. Uh, This is your pick I could go either way on this one.
1: Yeah, and I'd like to address allegations that I was somehow, like, helping CPA win this tournament or at least get him votes, and I, I... 100% 100% disagree with that. I may have thrown my weight behind somebody in this tournament, um, but obviously my co-host threw her, his weight behind his opponent. Um, but again, I was not standing for CPA. In a completely unrelated thing, I appreciate the shirt that CPA sent me, and I will tweet out a picture of that later on. Uh, <laughs> um, so on the other side of the bracket, we have Ziggy versus Derek Dillinger
0: uh the production explodes this another one that you know if these guys want to win the people that nominated are gonna have to really put their full strength behind them uh coin flip i'm picking derek only because uh he threw uh nightmare freddy on top of me
1: (laughs) (laughs) now let me ask you this and obviously you know at this point uh it's fair to kind of make a guess here, but do you see this being like a 51%, 49% vote, or do you see this being like an 80-20? Uh,
0: okay, I see uh, CPA Cheeseburger being like your 51-49. Well, no, I,
1: I just meant no. with like Ziggy and
0: Derek. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Cooking. So I see CPA and Burger, Ziggy and Derek being real close. Like they're not, like the those two matchups are going to be within like 2 to 3% of each other. Okay. Uh, and our final
1: matchup, we have Wes Barkley versus Swoggle.
0: Uh, DX 2022 explodes. Uh, I'm going with uh, Wes Barkley.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think Wes will pull that off, especially since uh, uh, I-, I certainly have no no further use of Swaggle.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> He's done his job. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> but yes, that is your final eight competitors in the 2022 Late uh, gender-neutral Monarch tournament.
0: Right. Uh, I will uh, – go ahead. And, and maybe this time Adam will put the polls up when he says he's going to, and maybe this time he'll let them actually run the time that he says that they're going to. Um, they
1: – all right. First of all, I said yes. I said that they would start at 5 p.m. and yep. run for six days.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I put them up at 4 p.m. and they ran for six days. Okay. So it, it was an hour difference because I actually had to be somewhere at like a quarter to five. And uh-huh. I didn't want to be like tweeting in my car. So that's why it, it's not like oh, I was like, oh, I'm only going to give the Jarrett Swaggle one five days. And it's not like you can't look at the time remaining where it says, oh, three hours remaining, two hours remaining, whatever. So if you were sit if you were waiting to the last minute to put all your Jarrett votes in, if if you're somehow like – let's just say hypothetically you were like waiting to sandbag a bunch of votes in at the last second and put them in so late that there was no way for the opponent to, to like mount a resistance then, Oh, I guess you got screwed. But I, it's not like it wasn't public information. that They went up at four o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying like, if you're like, if that was your plan or I was hypothetically somebody out there's plan, to just wait until like a couple minutes before five and just dump in all the votes, then shame on that person for not looking at the clock. And I'm actually happy if that was the plan that they got thwarted. Nope. (laughs) Anyways, I'll just say this tomorrow, Friday, sometime around four or five. I'm not (laughs) sure. Check Twitter. The polls will be up for you guys to vote. And they'll be up for six days. And also a special shout out to my buddy, Shawnee Caulfield for no reason in particular. Good guy. Good guy. I like that. Sure, He's got
0: potential. Nice guy. Nice guy.
1: (laughs) But uh, yeah,
0: that's it. Uh, So before we get into the voicemail, anything else?
1: Uh, No, I think let's just go ahead and hit the voicemail. We're not doing this. Oh, I wasn't even looking at your screen. I guess we could do that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just, I don't have that in my notes. Uh, you're allowed to just say it. Yeah, the fourth annual <laughs> at odds with wrestling Royal Rumble opportunity. I set it into a microphone on Sports Talk. Right. I'm sorry. I, I was not looking at my screen when you were highlighting something there. So, yeah, so in the past couple years, uh, we did uh, this gimmick where. If you would like to basically buy a random number, and you don't get to say I'd like to buy number 30 or I'd like to buy number one, but basically you say I would like to buy a spot in the men's rumble or three spots in the men's rumble or one spot in the men's and the women's rumble. However you want to do it, basically you have to let Joe know. No. Is that what we, no. You, oh, you're okay. I'm sorry. We were very unclear about this, but it is five to it is fi- yeah, we spent like 10 minutes going over this before the show, but that was like hours ago. Uh, it is five dollars per spot. If you would like a spot, you will PayPal me five dollars, or 10 dollars or 20 dollars or 50 dollars, and let me know what the spots are. So like I want two spots in the men's and one in the women's or whatever. Uh, so DM me at the Man Adam van on Twitter, so I know it's coming. And my PayPal is themanadamvan at gmail.com. So send that $5 or $10 or whatever. PayPal, friends and family, you send it goods and services, I will eliminate you and steal your money. But no, I won't do that. But I'll be very mad and it'll, it'll make things bad. But uh, yeah, so DM me and uh, shoot me the PayPal. I'm handling the money because
0: uh, Joe's PayPal got broskied. <laughs> Well, pay, PayPal broskied anyone that has a business account. Yeah. Um, you know, because I do all the payouts on the podcast and stuff, um, you know, with Patreon and the Amazon click-throughs and everything else like that. And, you know, selling the merch and all that sort of jazz and setting it up for, like, Public. For the longest time, you could send and receive money, friends, and family from a business account. And then it was around, like, what, the summer of this year? Like, summer yeah. of 2022?
1: Somewhere around there, yeah. Right.
0: They change it over if you have a business account, which I do because it's through the podcast and whatever. They changed it that I can't. Like, I could send you money, and I don't get charged a fee. But if you send me money for any reason, it charges you the fee. So Adam was gracious enough to uh, use his account this year for the money. Um, You know, you got, as of listening to this... You know, you tell me what time we're cutting it off. It usually goes pretty quick. I'll be completely honest with you. But we're going to do the drawing on the show next week because I think next weekend is the Royal Rumble? Uh, the week after. I think we have this show and next show, right? The, yeah, yeah, because the Rumble's the 28th, right. So we're going to do the drawing in two weeks.
1: Yeah, the 26th. So, I mean,
0: heck, I mean, if it fills up by next week, we
1: can do the drawing. It doesn't matter. But uh, yeah. I, I see we wait till the 26th one way or another because then you're in – you got that Royal Rumble like mood, yep. you know, A couple yep. days from there, but yeah. So uh, shoot me a DM just in case I don't recognize your email, you know, and just let me know what the spots are for first, and then pay me. You yes,
0: know, but- and, and I'll I'll say this just to kind of as someone who did this the previous three years, um, you know, give because I was just having people PayPaling me money and then messaging me and saying like, oh, I sent you the money. I want X amount of spots. And then I was having to refund money back to them because we were out of spots, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So, message Adam first before you send him the money just to double check to make sure there's spots available.
1: Yeah. So, the man Adam Van is my Twitter. Uh, If you DM me to buy in and you're not following me, I'm also going to be sad. But, uh, and then the man Adam Van at gmail.com is my PayPal. So, uh, but again, just DM me. Uh, and we'll figure it out but uh, yeah sorry about that confusion there Joe
0: no no problem just wanted to make sure obviously that uh, everything was square in that regard um, yep. yep so right, yep let's get into some voicemails here we got a ton
7: hi guys it's Andy header I think they should have put the belts on Jeff Jarrett and uh, Jay Liesel I agree. Um, i was calling four Rampage, so maybe I'll call back if they win them but I think it'd be fun like Imagine if they had a name that was like, the team name was like TNA, it was like total, non-stop, awesome. I think that'd get a lot of heat with the AEW crowd. And then just drop the belt back to Acclaim in like a month or two. Or save it paper you pay per that is. I think that'd be cool. I don't know. And uh, since I totally uh, uh, alienated um, Adam here, I have a, an S Kill. Very classy. I have an F-Mighty Kill for you, Adam. Okay, so S
6: Kill. Sky Blue, Alexa Bliss, and Heidever-powered Stacy Keebler, Miss Hancock. So that's oh your
1: God. three choices. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Um, that's actually <laughs> a lot easier. Uh, I'd probably have to, unfortunately, kill Sky Blue just because she's the uh, you know she's a new to the game, and uh, the other two are goats in my mind. Uh so I guess I'll I'll marry Alexa Bliss and I'll I'll f Stacy Keebler.
0: All right. I got no. Uh... Regards to that, but I do agree with uh, Andy that Double J should win not just the tag titles, but all the titles. Yeah. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. Next call. Hey, boys. This is Dan. Uh, been a long time since I called. Almost called last week, actually. Uh, and I'm glad that I didn't because I think it was Kevin's call. It was His question was super similar To what mine uh, is going to be. But different enough that I still want to ask it anyway. This would be kind of lame on the same episode. So, I'm wondering what are some of the, you know, the new match types that have kind of emerged over the last couple of years that you just find interesting and fun? I was thinking about this because I watched Pizza Party Pros Pop Pop. Uh, (laughs) Love that name. They have a Floor is Lava Battle Royal. So, uh, the winner gets a novelty drinking hat, which is placed like ten feet away from the ring, and the floor <laughs> is lava. So if you touch the ground, you're dead. Or slash <laughs> <laughs> out of the match. And this is interesting because it's you know it's a battle royal. They start in, everyone starts in the ring, and there's some really fun people. There's like King Crab, Shay McCoy, Big Game Leroy. Uh, and yet, because the floor is lava. You can't have someone, say, go through the middle of the ropes and then still be safe because it doesn't matter because they didn't go over the top rope. So it's like it it made them have to be more creative about what they could do to tell the story of the match. And I just found that awesome. Love that. Also found out that the local Shindy near me has an all-cage match show coming up. And they start the show with an outside in battle royal Ugh. with the cage, where they like hang like a like a money in the bank briefcase or like a clipboard with a contract or something halfway up the cage in one of the corners. Everyone starts outside the ring, and then you just gotta try to get the thing off the side of the cage. I watched one of them, and it's amazing because, like, you know how, wrestlers suddenly don't know how to climb ladders when it Mm -hmm. gets towards the time of the match where they're climbing the ladder to get the belt. Yeah, well, imagine if, like, the thing they're trying to get, a normally tall person could just grab just standing in the ring. (laughs) So the the people are, like, climbing the turnbuckles, just super slowly trying to make it dramatic. And I just love it. I can't wait. It's going to be such a good time. So, yeah. Are there any new or new to you concepts, matches, whatever, that you just have found super interesting? K bye.
1: Uh, that match that you just described, <laughs> that's something that sounds like I, I would definitely want to watch because uh, my answer would just be like that kind of silly comedy stuff that you would see on indie shows, uh, like going back to the Orange Cassidy WrestleMania weekend show where they had the one minute Iron Man match between Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, And then they had the the match that was like a scramble where you were fighting over. Like uh, an Applebee's gift card for like a dollar seventy eight or something like that. Like um, I like those types of matches. So that that Rumble with the floors lava and stuff like that. That sounds awesome.
0: It's tough to think of a new match concept because e- either everything's been done or nobody knows how to work it. Like the promoter, or their booker will have something in their head and they're trying to convey it to these two people or three people or. 10 people however many people are in the match and it just never works out the way that it's on paper so it sounds like the floor is lava one at least kind of sort of worked out um, the fact that there's an indie promotion and Dan said shindy promotion that's doing an all cage match show like I want to see what that cage looks like because I've never seen a good cage on a, on a shindy right mm. uh, they all look like dog shit but I'll say the best gimmick match of like recent like recent time is money in the bank. Um, You know, like that golden ticket sort of thing where you could cash in it at any time. Um, you know, if it was made special instead of like a pay-per-view of its own design, which it currently is. But when it was just like a special attraction match, I thought that was like a really good match. And, you know, something that WWE did really well, like the first like two or three times that they did it. And they kind of, you know, watered it down and ruined it and everything else like that. But Money in the Bank is my pick.
1: Yeah, my favorite was the one they were on like Titan Tower. And, like, Ray Mysterio got thrown off the roof, but then you found out he was just thrown down to a
0: secondary roof. Right. And Bru- <laughs> Bru- Brucey was in that match.
1: <laughs> that
5: is true. That
0: is so true. it makes it good just for that. Yeah. All right, next call.
5: Uh, hey there, gentlemen. It is uh, Ronnie. Ronnie, two legs. Uh, just calling back. I had a good show last week. Um, thanks for playing my call. was um, just going to say, though, man... Well, who fucking did me dirty on that one, man? Alabama Doink versus West Barkley, my guy versus my guy. Like, man, what the fuck? Yeah, I feel like that was a deliberate sabotage. Hmm. Uh, you know how, how are you gonna how are you gonna do me dirty like that, man? That's rough. I have no. How how am I supposed to choose to vote between one of those two? You know what I mean? That's uh, it's pretty fucked up. But uh, I do want to thank you for mentioning the uh, my football card group on Facebook. If you like football or wrestling cards, you could join that on Facebook. Franklin football card group. Um, I do actually have Instagram. I know Joe said I don't have social media. I just don't have Twitter. Um, Twitter's just a cesspool of awful, uh, awful shit. So I'm just not around on that that site. But I do have Instagram. If you want to follow me, uh, my Instagram is at CallMeRon. Uh, I post mostly wrestling stuff on there. So if you want to see some AIW Day Up show stuff, I typically put a lot of story stuff on there for that. Um, I'm pretty happy today though. I gotta spread the news, man. In-N-Out Burger is, is, uh, they're, they're gonna open up an In-N-Out Burger in Tennessee in 2026. So I'm pretty excited. I know that's like three years from now, but um, that's pretty cool. So I wondered, is there anywhere that you guys like love to eat at, but you don't ever really get to? Cause like, I don't live in California. I visit there, well, before my kid I used to visit there a lot, but I only get to eat in California and, uh, it's it's slowly creeping closer and closer to me, so that makes me happy. But is there anywhere you guys you know, like to eat at that's not in your hometown? So um, that's what I'll leave you with. Uh, sorry, no kid to run in this time. Um, mm-hmm. I'm out at, at work right now. My kid's at school. But, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll leave you with that. So thanks, guys. Uh, talk to you later.
1: Uh, can I just say, as far as the uh, Alabama Doink versus West Barkley thing, as somebody who's trying to com- like book a compelling tournament, there's going to be difficult decisions to make. So I understand that that was a coin flip for you, buddy.
0: But I appreciate you making a choice.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: Pat, the first person to notice, uh, you know, that there might be some chicanery going on in the tournament. He's the only person I've ever heard say anything about that. So it must be an isolated thing.
1: Oh, Jeff Jarrett lost. Boo hoo hoo. Um, but as far as food, I, I'm not a big go out to eat guy. So uh, I'll t- I'll let you take this one, Joe.
0: Yeah, look look at the size of me. Of course, I'm a go out to eat guy. Come on. Um, I wish we still had pizza buffets around here, but obviously with the uh, pandemic, no go. Uh, you know, a CC is always a good one. Um, I wish we had an Arthur Treacher's around here. I wish all the Long John Silvers weren't drying up. Um, we did have a Hardee's up by us in a gas station, which was fantastic. Um, and then that closed down before the gas station itself closed down. And I think they're putting another goddamn sheets around here. And listen, I love sheets, but like, there's like you could see one sheets from the other sheets' parking lot at this point. <laughs> so many yeah. of them around here. Um, but I would say a Hardee's would probably be like my number one pick. Uh, nothing better than like a big greasy like triple decker Hardee burger. Yum yum. All right, cool. And, Mike, and I have to say condolences here, and I'm sure Pat has no problem saying this, and, you know, John put it out on social media. Um, But John, unfortunately, was the victim of uh, car theft.
1: Yeah, man. Like, like every Kia owner needs to do a class action suit and, like, sue the shit out of Kia and whoever owns TikTok. Well, I guess that's China, so that's not going to help. Sue the shit out of Kia.
0: Well, it was it's Kia's and Hyundai's of a certain year and so on and so forth, um, but John's car got stolen and he had all the podcast equipment in the, in the car.
1: Oh, shit, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, so the oh. uh, card is going to change is on a hiatus for right now. Um, I know John has been working uh, with his insurance company, and uh, I may have put him in touch with someone who might know a thing or two about that sort of stuff. Mm. Um but John is currently like scouring the neighborhood's ring cameras to see if they can get any footage of the the perpetrator.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I hope he finds
1: that shit obviously and that sucks, but
0: Yeah, that really sucks.
1: <sighs> All
0: right. All right, next call.
2: Hey Joe, hey Adam, it's the other JB here. Uh just calling in uh thanking you for the recommendations you uh gave me last week. Uh I know it was a uh pretty tricky thing to do without an that. And, uh, like what, uh, y'all gave me, um, I had actually just finished the trilogy of matches between flare and steamboat. Yay. Uh, before I placed that call. So the, uh, flare and, uh, funk, um, 89, view was, you know, it was right on my list there. So I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep going through that and, or, you know, take a break and go elsewhere. Uh, but thank you for that. Uh, no, uh, No uh, question or additional comment this week, because I'm sure the uh, whirlwind of the past couple of days has given you, given y'all plenty of things to talk about. Already, you want to see it.
0: Well, thanks for the call, other JB. Um, Kudos to you every week. Your uh, connection gets better and better, and that makes me happy. (laughs) Yeah, it's improvements. I like it. And uh, never think anything of dropping something like that in our laps, uh, you know, putting us on the spot, and making us think of stuff. You know, we don't give a topic for the voicemail. So, you know, we're leaving it up to you, the listeners, to give us stuff to talk about, you know?
1: Yeah, I, n- I never feel bad if somebody's like, oh, hey, give me some examples or whatever. I, I just feel bad that I can never think of any. That's all.
0: <laughs> for sure. Next call. Hello, Joe. Hello, Adam. It is once again Justin Summers. Last week, you guys reviewed Ready to Rumble. Your assignment for this week is what if Ready to Rumble was being made by WWF? So recast all the wrestlers in the movie with 1999 WWF wrestlers later. Okay, so Uh. Summer (laughs) sends over this thing to me. I don't listen to the calls beforehand. Of what the roster looked like uh, in 1999,
1: okay? That's oh, funny, you didn't send it to me.
0: Well, you I'm two have be- a, different, a different set of conversations going on, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm assuming we have to have our Jimmy the King character, we have to have our DDP character. Um, obviously, it's still going to be... Um, uh, Jimmy Conn's kid, and David Arquette as our principal actor leads, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, like, everyone else is just, like, nameless, faceless jamokes, right?
1: Yeah, a lot of random people, too. You need to just, like, blank, be like, all right, Carl Olette is, like, one of the, 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 the posse members, and, like, we're gonna throw in, like, Sean Stasiak is just a random yeah. guy that's in, like, one of the stables.
0: So, I'll say this. So the uh, whatever Upton Sinclair character that Joey Pantaleano played, that's 100 percent being played by Vince. OK, yeah, guess, like yeah. that's a given Vince is in there and you're probably going to get Patterson and Briscoe alongside of him as well. Right. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? You get the bit with, um, you know, where Sinclair tells Sting, like, you better do the right thing or you're fucking dead or whatever he says. Right. That's, that's Austin. Well, now, see, to me, that's Undertaker. Okay,
1: I'm just thinking of like a top baby face who would want to scramble with the like the boss, you know?
0: Yeah. Now, where we run into a bit of a problem is I think it's around this time that they're also doing uh, Man in the Moon with Jerry Lawler. Okay, mm. and very clearly, Jimmy the King is like you know a kind of sort of analog for Jerry Lawler. Okay, yeah. I think you you still get your Oliver Platt type person. But he's doing more of a Hulk Hogan type character. Like a say your prayers, eat your vitamins, whatever. And you get Triple H as the DDP role.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, I can see that. Because it's obviously DDP wasn't a top, top guy in WCW. And Triple H was, I guess he was kind of close to the top guy. But, you know, he's not right. he's not Undertaker, he's not Stone Cold, you know?
0: Right, so I'm, like I said, I think we're torn, like, is the Sting character Stone Cold or is it Undertaker? I could go either way. I just think, um, you know, I think you've convinced me that it should be Austin.
1: Yeah. Alright. Yeah, I win this one. Yeah. Um... And I guess that's that's really it, right?
0: Yeah, like, you get your faceless goons, like, you're gonna get, like, Boss Man, you're gonna get Big Show, you know, you're gonna get, like, Rodney and Pete Gass, like, I'm sure, like, Bradshaw and Farouk would be in there, you know what I mean? Like, they have no lines, they're not doing anything, they just have to be, like, grunting around, but, like, for the main principles, like I said, you're getting Oliver Platt doing a Hogan thing, Triple H, Austin and or Undertaker, you know?
1: Yeah, and then, like, randomly Gangrel and Devon Dudley in the background.
0: Right, exactly. (laughs) All right, thanks for your call, Summers. Sepia button time. Oh. Hello, Joe. Fancy. Your sepia button holder, Big Sue, here, and I wish I were calling under better circumstances, but, you know, you just had to do it, didn't you, Adam? What? I know I may not be your favorite person, seeing as I took the sepia button from your doppelganger, but um, me. To, to put me up against such such an irresistible force as the boar in the first round. To be fair, I wish him nothing but the best, because I know you're going to try to screw him just as much as you screw me. But um, for today, I concede. But Adam, this won't be the last you hear from me. Happy <laughs> New Year, gentlemen. Oh, And until next
5: week. Regards.
1: um I, I I mean I do appreciate sue conceding there um a little bit worried about what he has in store for me uh i I ask like if you were going to lose to the board, wouldn't you rather just lose right at the beginning rather than like losing the finals so I did you a favor I guess and uh the only other thing I'll, I'll say is this is the first episode of At Odds in a long time that we haven't had Jeff Jarrett's theme music played on the show. And I know the uh, the boar popped for that when he heard it. Uh, so I just want to – I actually have it queued up on my phone here. So, uh Hi. I won't make you play the rest of it, but, uh... Alright, yeah, thanks, Sue. Next call. (laughs) Sounds identical to what I just played.
0: So I'll just play this for the rest of the show. (laughs) You can't. (laughs) So, I could play two things at once, and I'm sure this next person's call uh, won't mind, but that's strange. Two people so far in the voicemail have said that you've been playing fast and loose with the way that the, uh gender-neutral monarch of Adards is from. That's... I always say, like, one, pay it no mind. Two, it's probably, you know, uh, coincidence. Three, you know, and then there might be some, uh, some, uh, some substation, su- some some, su- some substance to these claims, but, uh...
1: Yeah, let's listen How, to the next how did that uh, text message with uh, Derek Sabato go? Like, how, how did you DM him on Twitter? Did you text him? Did you call him up and talk to him? And you know, to get that retweet from My World? So was that like, uh, how did that
0: come to be? Next call.
6: Hey, fellas, what's going on? It's Kyle here over at the com. I just had to say something about that MJF promo last night. Uh, it's just, like, I think the best promo he ever did was that promo where he talked about being discriminated against by his uh, teammate from the football team and they threw the quarters at him and told him to pick it up. I thought that was the best promo he ever did. So to turn around, like, what, a year later, whatever the time frame, and then literally use multiple racist tropes, Against the cashier, including putting that crappy nickname out there so that, you know, mouth readers and corny fans can just pick it up. Kind of really made me sick. Uh, double the fact that there were apparently TV executives there and I can't imagine they were super thrilled to see their big show, showpiece heel, uh, just being a xenophobic, racist piece of crap. Uh, So, I don't know, that's just me. The world is already horrible enough that it is, I guess. I just really don't want to see racism, sexism, or xenophobia in my professional wrestling. I don't know, maybe that's just me. Also, uh, double down for transphobia as well. Anything like that is just pretty disgusting. So, that's my piece. Uh, Love the show. (laughs) Love you guys. Uh, Hope you have a great day. Thanks.
1: Yeah, we didn't really talk about it. And, like, any other week, I feel like that could have been something that we would have. Yeah. That was such a rock bottom mjf when it comes to promos and that's a hard bottom to hit because i feel like he just keeps digging lower and lower and the the promo that kyle makes reference to go and look for that if you haven't seen it it's fantastic and mjf has had some good promos that were i'm not going to say as good as that but like in that neighborhood or where you can see that promo from where he was standing you know with uh whether it be when they were teasing his like potential babyface return or his stuff with punk. But he has, he's listening to you, Joe and being like, Oh, you don't like what I've been doing. Just, you see, I'm going to do even more of it.
0: Like he's getting much worse. <sighs> it was a really, bad. like last week's promo was bad. Like in Brian's rebuttal with like the fans, there had sex with MJF's mom was bad. Like that was bad. Yeah. And then, like, other people were like, oh, well, there's no meat on the bone for, like, a rivalry between MJF and Danielson. And, like, just off the top of my head, I was able to think of something. I tweeted it out. You know, Mike from Virtual Pros was like, oh, I don't know why everyone's ragging on MJF's promos. They're better than everybody else on the indies. And I'm like, there hasn't been a good promo on the indies, I think, ever, right? I think the last one was maybe, like, Punk in 2005, Maybe? You know? Um, guys in the indies never have cut good promos. There's been, like, good, like, you know, Eddie Kingston, actually, so I'll take that back. Eddie Kingston has cut good promos as both a heel and a face. And I know those people that are like, oh, well, what MJF does is the same thing as Eddie Kingston does. And, like, you can kind of sort of make that argument, like, Kingston doesn't do, like, racist and homophobic and sexist stuff in his, but, like, when Eddie Kingston cuts a promo, no matter what he's cutting, I believe what he's saying. And... MJF is acting he's a theater kid and I understand that like if you're a theater person you probably look at MJF and like oh he's playing all of you like a fiddle and it's like no he's 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 you know acting a role poorly and I don't want to see this person win or lose I just don't want to see this person and to have him be the focal and the champion of your promotion helps nothing and you know it's going to have very limited it's going to have very diminishing returns yeah all right. All next right. Call? Next call. Oops. Sorry. You were saying? No, I said next call. All right. Next call.
2: Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Uh, pretty sure I know what the majority of conversation is <laughs> going to be. Uh, Vince McMahon, some company, come back, all that fun stuff. Saudi Arabia. Do you still watch it? Do you not? You know, all that stuff. Slightly different angle on here. Is Vince McMahon a horrible father?
6: Yes. Now,
2: here's here's my thought process. You're Stephanie McMahon. You want to be in charge of this company more than anything else in the world. Your daddy's little girl. You you want to show him that you can do this just as well as he can, and, and you do everything you possibly can. And you know that he, your dad, wants to give the company to your brother. Thankfully, he screws up and doesn't want it. But you know, a little bit of both. You take over, and you're doing your best. You even get married to a wrestler who, who has that same dream of wanting to run the company and wanting to take Vince's example and move the company forward. But then it doesn't look like it's going to happen to you. Like, screw it. My husband just had a major heart attack. I'm going home. I can take care of him. I'm going to figure stuff out. Oh, but here's when my dad screws up. Right when I needed him to not screw up the most, I guess I'll come back and run the show. And look, we're doing very well and, and everything's moving forward and it's looking great. Oh, look, Daddy's back, and he's just going to sell the company. The company that I thought I was getting, Stephanie, was getting. So is Vince like, oh, I'll sell the company so my kids never have to work again? Probably not. I, I don't think he's doing it for the glory of his children and the children's children. I think he's doing it for his own glory. So meanwhile, here's Stephanie... Who worked her whole life to do something, and it's ripped away from her again because of her dad's ego. I don't know. Did he get a Father's Day card? Well that's my question here. Uh, looking forward to the show, guys. Have a good
1: day. So, is Vince McMahon a terrible father? Sure. I mean, he might be a halfway decent father to Shane, and he wants to he wants to screw Stephanie. <laughs> literally and figuratively, and he likes money. Yeah, he's a terrible father.
0: So, is Vince McMahon a terrible father? Easy answer, yes. Is Vince McMahon a terrible... Husband? Human? Yes. Husband? Is he, husband? Yes. Is, ter- is he a terrible husband? Yes.
1: Probably a terrible neighbor.
0: <laughs> is he a terrible neighbor? Is he a terrible lizard person? <laughs> is he a terrible promoter of professional wrestling? These days, yes. Um, yeah. Is he a terrible businessman? These days, yes. Did... If, if, if Stephanie and or Triple H actually thought whether they're just like, oh, well, Vince will eventually leave the company to me, or Vince told them that he was going to leave the company to them and they believed him, that's on them. Yeah. There's no way in hell Vince was going to have anyone run that company other than him. Triple H got six months, and that's barely got six months. Yeah. Vince is going to outlive them all. <laughs> and the
1: big head scratcher is like alright he wants the money he's a money hungry like I, all he cares about is money and he's going to sell the company he's going to have a fuck load of money and then eventually like 20-30 years from now he's going to die and where's that money going to go he's certainly not donating to charity so it's like, let's assume some of it goes to Shane or Stephanie or maybe Linda through a court order. Uh, like, then what are they going to do, try to buy the company back? Like, just, just just leave them the company. Jesus.
0: Yeah. All
1: right,
4: next call.
0: Next call.
4: Hello, guys. It's the Strongest Man in All the Land. Arthur MacArthur here. It's been a while since I've called, you know, life getting in my way. Uh, first and foremost, let me just say I'm sorry, Adam, about your Steelers not making the playoffs. Uh, even though you did beat us in the last week, we, we did kind of knock you out from our Thursday night matchup from before. So you could always blame us for that. <laughs> um, obviously, you know you could have made it, but the Dolphins said, "Nope, it's our time." So I guess congrats on not having a losing season again nine and eight. That extra game really helps you out there. Um, but the, the meat, the meat and potatoes of all this. Obviously, you know, the elephant in the room, WWE potentially being bought. Well, not potentially, is being bought by someone. You know, there was the fake rumors about the Saudi Arabian uh, royal family buying it, and now they're saying it'd be Disney. Let's, uh, let's say that anyone has infinite money. Who do you want to see buy the WWE? Who do you want to see buy them? And uh, what do you think would happen? You know, have a little fun with this uh, episode. All right, guys, that's all I got. Hopefully,
1: I'll try to call more often, and uh, you guys have a blessed night. Yeah, we have not talked to Artie since uh, he – well, I'm not going to blame him since since we lost our AIW tag team titles. So uh, it is true. He should probably call in more often. And We're good luck for him. Um, and also, if it wasn't for that extra game of the NFL season, the Steelers would have been 8-8. Eight and eight which is also a non-losing season. But uh, uh, what was this question? I forgot. <laughs>
0: I Who do we about... want to see uh, by oh, the World Wrestling Entertainment?
1: I said this on Sports Talk. I, w- I think Disney would be great. Marcus took exception to it because he said that Disney would just chew him up and spit him out for parts. But, I mean, I-, I see what they did with Marvel. I see what they did with uh, Star Wars, like Lucasfilm, like... It's a company that isn't Saudis, so that's cool. Uh, they have like pretty decent human rights records in <laughs> Disney, and uh, you can go to like a, a Disney park section that's like WWE stuff. So I, I think for all those reasons, Disney's my pick.
2: Uh, I'll
0: say Disney with the caveat of whoever says that their priority is making a physical hall of fame yeah like even if it was in the park right yeah. i don't care if it's you i don't care if it's nbc universal i don't care if it's bush gardens i don't care if it's six flags i don't care if it's the hard rock cafe or whoever runs that whoever says like our number one priority is making a physical representation of the world wrestling entertainment hall of fame that's why i want to buy the company
1: yeah and i want it in a giant like airplane hangar size building so i can see the wcw 2000 interest way yeah <laughs> well, i think that'd be cool
0: all right thanks thank Artie. you for your call already
7: last
1: call pink button time
7: hey John adam it's ed um i'm hanging out here with my dog about to go get my well-deserved taco bell
2: congratulations
7: um and i was thinking about some to work today i don't know what you guys think right so, somebody brought up Kurt Angle at work, and uh, they asked why he would do something. I forget what they said he did, but I said because he shoveled it down his throat, and that's why. That's, that explains everything that Kurt Angle does. And I was just wondering, do you think, like, Kurt Angle is, like, the last, like, real wrestler? And not real as in, like, amateur. I mean real as in, like, Kurt Angle knew the only way he matters to this world is being a roided out fucking just monster, right, who, who does phony fights and takes everything too serious, and that's all he's got. So to make that happen, he's got to shove all kinds of pills down his throat and up his nose and drink a lot and just ruin his, ruin his life because the only way he matters to this world is through phony fake fights. <laughs> right? I think he's the last one. And that's cool as shit. I guess you could say Jeff Hardy, but like Jeff Hardy, not even to the extent of Kurt Angle. You know what I mean? Like Kurt Angle, like he knows that he's just a dumb fucking jock. And this is this is all he's got is fucking wrestling. And he doesn't he, he doesn't matter to anyone at all in any other way. This is the only way he, he he matters to anyone in the world. I think that's fucking cool. But am I like, is there something else Am my missing? Is it, it's gotta be Kurt Angle, right? What do
0: you think? This is a fun topic. buddy. Why does Ed just want to call in and just bury Kurt Angle for two minutes? Mm -hmm. Well, listen. You know, um, it was talking about people doing pills and drugs and so on and so forth to extend their career. And this is one I really have to think about because I'm sure there are people that are on a not national TV level that are heavily drugged to continue to do what they do, which is on a much smaller scale than what Kurt Angle was doing at the height of Perk Angle in (laughs) TNA. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So on a national level. Okay. Now you may, Ed, disagree with me, but because Ric Flair is still alive and like, if, rick flair took the right cocktail of drugs he could be convinced by conrad to do one more match it's rick flair (laughs) like kurt's washed kurt's done there's like like think about that think about this ed a doctor was crooked enough to clear rick flair to wrestle do you think there's a doctor out there not named zahorian that's crooked (laughs) enough to clear kurt angle in his current state to wrestle in his current state? I don't think so. Well, so, I got to say it's Ric Flair. I mean, to, to the doctor's
1: credit, I mean, Ric Flair did pass the NXT conditioning drill.
0: Twice, is what Twice. we're talking Twice. Yeah. Yeah, so.
1: um, yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Ric Flair.
0: Kurt's a good one, though. Um, <laughs> when you go, especially, like, maybe... Oof, they were talking about on the Lapsed fan uh, this week, but when Kurt had like the dark peach fuzz stubble on his horseshoe of balding hair. Yeah, yeah. Plus, he had like a shitty five o'clock shadow beard. He looked like the scariest motherfucker in the world. I've said this
1: a lot that like I I, I always Google that picture because whenever I don't shave my head, yeah. in my mind I picture that I look like that, but I actually look like Festus. Mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like I want to look like Perk Angle in TNA, <laughs> but I, you, you don't you don't have the cocktail down right. That's the problem.
0: I, it is. God damn it. Yeah.
3: All
0: right. All right. Thank you, everyone, for your calls. Uh, we're gonna go through the plug super duper quick. Uh, IWTV, aka Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Uh, promo code ad odds. New subscribers, let's Jerry know that you came to him from us, and we get a little bit of a kickback for you doing so. Uh, check the schedule out to see what they got, who they got coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, you can also head over to our T Public store. There's a sale going on here until the end of the day on Friday. 35 percent off everything get uh, shirts and uh, throw pillows and cell phone covers and all the stuff that Tee Public has over there with designs inspired by at odds and save 35 percent off that sort of thing. and of course you could always help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. Uh, it is in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. no matter where it is you get these episodes does not cost you anything extra. They Amazon call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Uh, notable purchase notable purchases through the Amazon click through this week include a Digitaire 1.8 gallon small trash can waste basket recycling bin slim profile for compact spaces bathroom <laughs> office bedroom kitchen.
1: 1.8 gallon. You couldn't spring for the two gallon? What the hell?
0: Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, Thanks. thank you very much for your purchase this week. Uh, thank you for your purchase this week, this month, this year, this forever. Every little bit helps.
1: Absolutely. And you know what also helps listening to these podcasts? Long Box Heroes, Long Box Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Sports Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War. Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, Pod Van Dam. Uh, go listen to that uh, compilation of Dwight calls. Uh, there was some stuff added at the end that I forgot about. I was pleasantly surprised during my re- my listening. Uh, Wings on Wings, Between the Sheets, Hit My Music, and If You Catch My Graft. And also go check out Joe's Between the Sheets. I am um, like forty minutes into it. I'll get to it. I'll finish it by the end of the month, probably. <laughs> cool. But that's it.
0: Uh, so that's all we got there. So now it's time for.
3: Money, 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 money.
1: Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. ha <laughs> ha! So, Joe, I heard, uh, Tails, uh, on, uh, the correct listening order of Longbox Heroes, I heard on After Dark, you might have, uh, made some technology purchases. Yes!
0: Uh, so, um, maybe you noticed, maybe you didn't, hopefully you didn't, uh, that I did a halfway decent job of editing the show, but I was having some internet connectivity issues last week, um, it was really starting to persist as the week went on, Um, Just dropouts where it would drop out for 30 seconds or 20 minutes. And, you know, it just just was what it was. And it was really pissing me off and everything else like that. Um, So I finally was able to get my local Internet service provider on the line. Um, They had the wrong cat number from my modem. They had the previous one, not my current one, when I gave them the current one. And again, I'm not a technical person. They're like, oh, that's an eight port thing we're already up to 32 ports so come to the office you know your our hours are the same hours that you work so you know you're gonna have to take time off work to come and do this swap it out it's probably the modem there you go right Mm. so i go i get the new modem i hook everything up and it's still happening so i call them and they said okay we're gonna send a technician out to look at it um and it's one of those things where like i called it like 11 o'clock, and they're like, oh, somebody be out there before 5, right? I'm like, well, I work from home, you know? So whenever they come, it's whenever they come. So the guy ended up coming, like, at 1. So he comes in, he's got, like, some sort of little app where he could check whatever's going on uh, with it, and you know, the power, the amplitude, or whatever, that the modem is supposed to be running at is supposed to be between, between like 30 and 35. Mine was run at, like, 60. Okay? Okay. So he goes, it's not your modem, because obviously you just literally switched it out to the new one today. So let me go check to see what's going on. He went outside, and it was something with, you know, when you have your cable modem and it comes wired into your home, whatever that connector is where it was coming into the house had corroded. So he had to replace that, and then he had to replace the thing where it comes in on the inside of the house, put the cables through, and I haven't had an issue since. That was on Tuesday afternoon. Now, what he, he did mention to me that I probably would need a new wireless router. Now, when I went to go pick up the new modem, they're like, oh, do you want the router modem combo? And I said, no, nah, I'm okay. You know, we'll just take what I got, right? Yeah. So the, the guy even said to me, he goes, no, you don't want to get the combo for whatever reason. He goes, but we do a deal where we have one. It's a big fancy thing, whatever. You know, it'll add an extra $10 a month onto your internet bill because you're essentially leasing it from us. And if anything happens to it for the life of it, we'll just replace it. And I'm like, okay, we'll see about that. And then I went, I looked up online and the one that he was mentioning, like as he was saying it, I was just writing down the name of what it was, right? Um, so it was the – oh, and I just had it in front of me, so I apologize. It was a Aero Pro 6E mesh, you know, uh, router, um, Wi-Fi, whatever the hell thing it was, Right. Yeah, so is it one of
1: like is it a system of multiple pods or is it just one?
0: So it's just one. I could have did the thing where I have the three where I extend it throughout the house. Yeah, yeah. And I always have the option if I want to buy more, I can. Um, but just getting the one was like 111 bucks. Yeah, it came in today. It was a real quick switch over. Um, I was able to use some of the new wires that I'd come in because I have really long old wires for stuff. So I got a bunch of new shorter wires, which will help just the clutter that's over there. And the, uh, you know, the wireless modem router or the, or the wireless gimmick, the Wi-Fi thing that I had was at least 10 years old. So now I have, like, the brand-new top-of-the-line deal.
6: Too and
0: uh, it's pushing out at, like, 6G for the Wi-Fi, which it definitely was not doing before.
1: Okay. I, I, I don't know if that's a number that, like, the right thing. Like, okay, right so. Okay.
0: Okay, so here's what I'll tell you. My Wi-Fi before was just like the little Wi-Fi symbol, right? Yeah. So now my Wi-Fi has a number six in the middle of it.
1: Oh, uh, it's Wi-Fi six, which is uh, just another standard of Wi-Fi because technically back in the day there was like wireless A, there was wireless B. Then there was wireless N was like the latest thing. What wi- a Wi-Fi six is the current high-end standard of of Wi-Fi. It just has to do with the amount of bandwidth it can handle.
0: Right. But, so but I yeah,
1: definitely six is is the newest one.
0: Yeah, I definitely did not have that before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh that's good. Hopefully uh uh no more drop-offs
0: of your internet. Go. Fingers crossed. And that's all I got. You know, that was enough.
1: All right, cool. Um, I made a trip to Target this week and uh just real quick, I'm not going to take a long time on my my uh my weekly purchases, but I bought a Masterverse, like the Masters of the Universe like their detailed figures. Uh Masterverse is kind of like their black series or their Ultimates. Uh but I bought a Masterverse Roboto because he's one of my guys. Like I said I'll buy any Roboto or Manny Faces or Faker's that are out there. Uh so I got the Roboto. That was pretty cool. Uh, and I also picked up at that same target at the same trip. Um, I don't know what series it is. It's the most recent series, but the ultimate Brock Lesnar and the ultimate Ultimate Warrior figures, like the most recent series of Ultimates. Oh, sure. Uh, so um, I'm not buying every Ultimate because I did pass on that terrible Jeff Hardy in the last assortment, and I didn't buy the Logan Paul. Uh, but these are two cool ones. It's like Top Knot, Brock, and it's uh, like Ultimate Warrior, where he has a duster that has Randy Savage on it, so it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, and I tell you, those Master of the Universe—what are they called? Not the, the like their version of the Black Series, Masterverse. Yeah, every time I see those, man, I think to myself, I'm like, do I need those? And I always talk myself out of it.
1: Yeah, like I, I'm lucky that I have my my rules are just those three guys, mm-hmm. and I got the fake or like a year ago. Uh, the Roboto's in my hands and there's a Manny faces that's up for pre-order, like on all the toy websites, but I'm just going to wait to find it in the wild. Cause those, you know, they're everywhere. Right. Uh, once I have those three guys, I'm good. Like I don't need anybody else. I'm happy with those three. Anything else? Uh, I made one other purchase in the major pod group. Uh, do you remember like two years ago when the AEW figures first came out? And, like, you could not find them in stores. Like, Series 1 just did not exist. Right. And, like, people were like, oh, you need to buy a case off of ringside and put them away. And then, like, ten years, you can sell them and you can make, like, a (laughs) million dollars. That's not the case. Uh, (laughs) And if you remember, the first series had very pasty skin and then they changed it midway. It was a running change, yes. did, Did a running change. And most of them are, like, a good tan. Um, so I always wanted a figure from that series, uh, because I never was able to find them in stores, and uh then when I joined like the groups and everything, people wanted like $30, $40 for them. Uh but somebody had all of the figures from the first series, and they were the original version up in the major group for 18 shipped. Like 18 Oof. shipped each. Yeah. Uh so I got the series one first version Kenny Omega which is the one where he has like the the cleaner coat and he has like the gun finger and stuff like that. So it's kind of like the new Japan Kenny. Okay. Uh, but uh, like I said, 18 bucks shipped. It's less than I would have paid it if I found it in a store. And yeah. I, I just never had anything from that series. So I was like, it's a good fit, you know? Yeah. Now you
0: could sit on for eight years and we worth
1: a million dollars, right? Exactly. Now I got in, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the last thing that I bought, Uh, was actually something that just went up for pre-order today. A lot of people are pissed about it, but I don't care because it was missing in my collection. I bought the reissue
0: of the Ultimate Bret Hart figure. Now, aren't you the person that says never buy the Legends, uh, the Ultimates, uh, now because they're just going to be out in the wild anyway for cheap? Uh, Yes, I do say that, but let me give you my reasoning for this couple months ago it's mr hitman and you should always buy a mr hitman figure for whatever price they ask that is a valid
1: uh reasoning but it wasn't mine okay a um, couple months ago if you remember they re-released uh an older brock lesnar and an older sean michaels yeah and they said oh it's because like the uh that version was short printed and we just want to give people you know uh who didn't get access to it they wanted to give it to them So, I ordered those from Ringside back before I I made my new rule about not paying the sucker's premium. And it turned out that that series was not going to be available in stores. So, it was only available through direct market. So, Ringside, Entertainment Earth, that kind of stuff. Um, So, other like regular series of Ultimates, yes, I'll buy them in a store. Like I bought the Lesnar and the Warrior. This Bret Hart, because it's a reissue. You know, it's like the best of ultimates, they call it, but it's really it's just a reissue. I'm worried that that might fall into the same category as that older HBK and the older Brock. You know what okay. I'm saying? And I think it was like $37 from Ringside.
0: And, it was pretty cheap, yeah.
1: Yeah, and these retail 33 in store. So I'm like, okay, for $4, I don't care. If I'm a sucker, I'll, I'll be a sucker. But I, I have my feeling that that Brett and the Triple H that they put on sale with it, I have a feeling that those won't hit like Walmart and Target.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope you're right in this instance, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, if they do, they do. I spend 4 bucks extra. I don't care. Right. But uh, that Brett is one of the like five ultimates that I was missing back when I was a completist. Um. And I'm ha- like, it's the one I wanted the most after the Sean came out as a reissue, you know. For so happy to have it for sure. But uh, Joe, that's all
0: I got in weekly purchases. But I know we're running long, but we're always we're always running long. I think you got one more thing in your ch- in the chamber, huh? I I, I do
1: because I, I I'm kind of pissed off. <laughs> Joe, I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I occasionally buy Funko Pops. Oh, yeah.
0: we Oh, we forgot to do uh,
1: weekly porgeses, right? Yeah, I, I didn't purge any this week, um, but there was a Funko that I begrudgingly wanted to buy, and I'll explain to you very quickly why. Uh, a month or two ago, they announced on Funko's website that Funko was doing a collaboration with Snoop Dogg, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Very, very unique combination there. And that they would be releasing both on Funko's website and in these pop-up shops in, in LA, uh, a, a limited edition Snoop Dogg wearing a Lakers Jersey Funko pop. And you guessed it, Snoop Dogg wearing a Steelers Jersey Funko pop. So, I buy all the Steelers Funko Pops. So I'm like, okay, I need that Steelers one. I find out that it is going to be limited to 15,000 units, which is not a ton, but not super scarce. They're going to pop up on the website and they'll probably sell out quickly. Uh, they announced that there's going to be a Steelers home Jersey limited to 15,000. There's going to be an Eagles, or it's not Eagles, a Lakers home limited to 15,000. And in away. way, limited to 5,000 and only available in the pop-up shop. So I said, I don't care. Screw those Laker fans. They can go and fight over a a, a freaking super expensive Funko on eBay uh, because the Steelers one, there's just the one version and they're making 15,000 of them. So uh, the pop-up shop opens and guess what, Joe? There's a, there's an away Jersey one that's limited to only 5,000 and they sell out immediately and they're on eBay. And you want to guess what, what these are selling for, not what people are asking what they're selling for? What was retail on them? 15? So retail's, retail is 15 bucks.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's say $100. Uh, if it was $100, i would
1: buy one, Joe. Uh, th- okay, go ahead. 200 About 3 to 350 is the going sales rate of that away jersey, Steelers, Funko, Snoop Dogg pop. Okay, so uh, the home jersey one did go up on Funko's website. I only wanted one. But seeing the price of these away jerseys, I bought the the limit, which is two. Uh, It was one of those deals where they went on sale at noon. I jumped on at noon. I got mine and uh, they sold out at like 1205. So the 15000, the 15000 of them, because maybe, yeah, uh, now, keep in mind, they might have took 1,000, a, a 2,000, however many, and put them in the pop-up shops. But you know, at least 10,000 sold out in five minutes on Funko's website. Uh, so I, I'm happy I got a Steelers pop, but I'm super pissed off that there exists this one that I don't have. Even though it's technically not really a Steelers Funko pop, it's just Snoop Dogg wearing a Steelers jersey. But oh, that grinds my gears.
0: <laughs> now it, this is relatively new, so I'm sure the price will come down. Ah, uh, maybe by like $20, twenty,
1: thirty bucks. Okay, but like, and, and I won't even if it's like three fifty right now and it drops to like two fifty. I would never spend that kind of money on something like that. I would never spend a hundred dollars on this. I, I lied before with that. <laughs> like it. I spent $40, $50 bucks on it just to fill a hole in my collection. Sure. Um, but, like, the fact that they made that and I didn't know about it until they, like, literally they were on sale and popping up on eBay, I'm super pissed.
0: Is that a mistake on Funko or whoever's part of accidentally not announcing it, or? I don't know, just because, like, they announced both of
1: the Lakers, and then they hmm. announced the one Steelers.
0: Yeah, yeah that's why perfect. I was
1: asking. It's weird because even if you look at the Funko app, which you can use to like kind of uh, catalog your collection, yeah, uh, the uh, the away jersey Snoop Dogg isn't even on the app, but all the other ones are. So they exist; they're out there. You know, I've seen them, but yeah, very weird. But you know what? I would spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars <laughs> on when it comes to a Funko Pop Joe. What would that be? The NFT. Azrael funko pop that i've complained about many times months ago right because nfts are a work they're a work but you know what's not a work Azrael being the greatest batman of all time
0: <laughs> sure
1: but i have a new development in that story so if you remember a long time ago i said you had to basically buy packs of digital cards and you had a chance of pulling a redemption card for one of the NFT Funko pops and there was like uh, a Kyle Rayner and like an eradicator, a lot of like nineties DC properties. Sure. Um, and I said, Oh, the eradicators limited to like, they're going to make 5,000 of them. And the, the you know, the Kyle Rayner, they're going to make 10,000. And I complained that the one that I wanted, the Azrael, they were only going to make 999 of them. If you remember that. Yeah. So they're starting to send out the redemptions. This story doesn't end today with me saying I bought one. But they announced the redemption numbers, which means how many were actually pulled from the packs before they shut off the sales of the digital packs. And the amount of Azraels that were found basically found as in bought through these digital NFT nonsense. I don't know the exact number from me, but it's in the ballpark of 750. So there's not even a full 999 of them that I have to fight over. There's only 750. So you have any idea how how expensive that thing's going to be? I have to buy it, but it's going to cost like four or $500.
0: Well, listen. You've painted yourself into a corner of being the uh, Michael Jordan of Azrael physical figure collecting. So yeah. I think you have a loophole that you could let a NFT slip through your fingers.
1: Well, it's not an it, the NFT you then redeem for a physical Funko Pop.
0: Oh, okay. So I did, I thought it was just like you. It was like oh. the the neck of things where like you could choose to keep it in your digital whatever.
1: No, I mean, I'm sure you could choose to do that, but the gimmick is that you buy these digital packs and then you can keep them in your digital wallet and just look at the pictures of some of them. But like one out of every 20 packs or something like that, you would pull a card that says this card entitles you to a physical version of this Funko. So basically there's 750 physical Azrael Funko pops that are being shipped out right now to people that I need cuz it's a real physical funko pop in the same box, you know, made of the same materials Ugh. it's just it's a phys- it's a mold, it's the like Quesada Knights end uh Batman, you know, mold and
0: it, it it's the only way to get it, Joe, and I need it. Well, you know Adam, I'll say it it sounds like this is you've been dealt a hand of bad luck, right? Yeah. When it comes to this, now, I, I, and again, I will ask, well, I will make two statements regarding this. If our friend Chris ends up getting this, does that now make him the Michael Jordan of Asriel figure collecting? Uh, no, because
1: that would be one thing that he has that I don't, okay. but I have multiple things that that he doesn't have. Okay.
0: it would It would definitely bring him closer. Okay. You know? And then the only other thing I'll say is, you know, like I said, you've been dealt this hand of bad luck and I'm not somebody who believes in karma or anything like that. Um, but I will say it sounds like you must have done something really bad for this bad thing to happen to you. I I don't know.
1: I feel like I've, I've, I've been pretty good lately. I feel Mm -hmm. like I've been, you know, I haven't picked any fights with any elderly people or children or the infirm at stores. Uh, I haven't started any beefs with any browns fans on the internet like i've been pretty good lately you,
0: you haven't started any beefs with any browns fans oh no no that was
1: just you just sharing stats that's all okay
0: okay not like putting together victory banners from scratch to taunt people or anything like that? That was a gift. Oh, a gift okay. gift for
1: somebody. Like, that was a, a nice deed. I think my karma slate is pretty clean, Joe. Like, I'm looking at it right now. Nothing that I've done bad.
0: Okay. Well, listen, you see how things work out with your 750 Azriels and just think back to this week. If yeah. there's anything else that could have happened or that you did or said or deals that you've made... Uh, underhanded things that you've done that may have put you into this situation now, <laughs> where you'll not be able to get this Azrael Funko Pop.
1: All right, I'll, I will let you know. I'll let you know if uh, if the the one voice on my, like the angel on my shoulder, starts starts yeah. you know. at me. You know. All right, good to know. But that's all I got, you
0: yeah. Okay. So uh, thanks, everyone, for bearing with us. Uh, These are always long shows, because there's a lot of wrestling, of course, in the world for us to talk about. And then next week, of course, uh, possibly we'll have the drawing for the picks for the Royal Rumble Pool. And we'll have the uh, semifinals of the uh, gender-neutral, at-odds, monarch... Uh, and I'm sure nothing crazy is going to happen to the world of sports and entertainment between now and then, right?
1: <laughs> Probably not. I think they got it out of their system.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. So for Adam, this is Joe saying thanks everyone for listening. Be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling.